Okay, everyone, are we ready for, uh, ready? Is everyone ready? Yes, we're ready, ready. Mabel, you, 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 your camera's not on. M- Mabel. Oh, oh. M- Mabel. Oh, oh, sorry, sorry. It's, uh, there you go. No, that's, that's still not it. Uh, now? No, maybe go into the settings. What if I just look into the cauldron? Can I make the cauldron do, do the camera oh, thing? Oh, yep, yeah, coming through great now. Oh, there we go. Okay. Excellent. Okay, everyone, are we... Socially distanced and very responsible coven meeting. Oh, indeed. So, uh, I was thinking uh, tonight we'll uh, get together a very special brew. <gasps> Ooh. Mm, okay, so uh, I've got some some eye of skit. Ooh. Uh, a little bit of uh, a toe of watched. Ah. Uh-huh. Kidney stone of thing I've listened to. Ooh. <laughs> Nose hair of thing I've played. Socially distanced. <laughs> We're gonna let that bubble, bubble over these two adorable queer trans puppets. <gasps> oh, it's rising now. It's rising. When shall we three meet again in time for this queer and present brew? <laughs> Greetings, strangers, queer and pleasant. I'm not Laura Kate Dale. And I'm not Jane Eris Magnet. And welcome to another episode of Queer and Pleasant Strangers. It's a podcast. We're two queer trans ladies. We talk about our weeks and do skits and silly voices. How you doing? Spoopy. It's the Spookmas. Spookmas has arrived. This is Spookmas and we've had a spooky and spookily ter- uh, tiring week. Uh, yeah, I mean, ooh, yeah. Spooping. So spooping. Yeah, mm. we done some, We we actually did some spoopy things on the spoopy so week. Spook. Yeah, yeah, we did. We got to we got to spook. So should we leap right into things yeah. we played and that one particular yeah, thing that, that we played? That one particular thing that we played that at the time that we record this is under embargo, but it's not now. Shh. But uh, now, now, now we can talk about it. The joys of time travel. Uh, we played through Little Hope we this did. week, the Dark Pictures anthology Little Hope, which Ooh. is the new short form choose your own adventure horror thing from Supermassive who were the people who made Until Dawn and Man of Medan uh yeah do you want to describe what this what this is about it's another QTE heavy choose your own adventure legally distinct choose your own adventure yeah here's a group group of five people choose what they're going to say and what they're going to do and press the buttons in order to not die and there's also like that whole thing about personality traits yeah that go up and down that generally I pay very little attention to throughout the game I in past supermassive games have paid very little attention to it in this one i am paying more attention to it than usual because as i learned on my second playthrough um if you don't focus on it it can have negative consequences Ooh. i managed to, uh, to do the thing right with most of the characters one of the characters i didn't do the thing right and there were consequences with the consequence of death a little bit a little bit of death a little bit of death just a little um, death well yeah, that's okay everyone likes a little death yeah, so the basic premise of this, um, based on trailers, I uh, we won't go too much into what happens throughout the five hours, but um, a group of people on a bus who are university students on a on a, a trip with their professor, the bus crashes. Oh no, we're trapped in Little Hope. It's one of those Salem witch trials kind of towns. Um, 
there's big fog everywhere, you can't leave, it's a little bit Silent Hill in that regard, you try and leave and you end up where you started, it's like, well, I guess we're being funnelled through the town and... You forgot the intro. Ah, which bit? Oh, yeah. The intro with the, the family in the 60s yeah. having a very bad time. Yeah, yeah, well, immediately following the crash, um, you have what appears to be like a flashback to a bunch of people that have the faces of your main characters in the 70s and they have a very bad time. And now you're in the mysterious town and you're having a very bad time. And you're finding Blair Witch uh, style stick figures everywhere. Yeah, and you keep having flashbacks to the, the witch trials and there's a lot of people who look like you and they're having a very bad time. Ooh. Yeah, there's lots of versions of yourself with your same faces having very bad times throughout history. These five people connected through time. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, mechanically, it's a super massive choose-your-own-adventure horror game. Um... Yeah. Mechanically, there was one major difference that I thought was really appreciated, at least for me, which was it gives you a visual and audio warning before any quick time events come up. Yes, but you have to not be holding anything when that happens. You have to not be holding anything when that happens, yes, which we've learned. But yeah, before a quick time event comes up, it will give you a little ping to go, there's going to be a quick time event in a second, you're going to have to jump over something or kick something or you're going to have to do something, be ready to hit the controller, which... For a game that so often is watching things happen, I really appreciate them going, hey, here's a here's a second or so's warning, get your controller fucking ready and get your fingers ready to press and, shit. And also, like, I realised while watching you do the second playthrough that there is a difference in the warning you get depending on whether it's going to be a press the button really quickly or hammer the button. Yes. That's pretty much, like, one symbol and one sort of set. And the other yeah. one is, you're going to have to do some rhythm action here. Yes. And this is where it starts. And it is kind of different, but I didn't notice that the two times I fucked up the rhythm action. Yeah. I I couldn't tell you what the difference is, but I, I could instinctively tell, oh, we're about to have a heartbeat section. And that took you longer to pick up on. Considerably. And I... Would have helped if I could have told you what it was it was telling me that let me know that. But something was going, oh, this is going to be a heartbeat. Yeah, so basically what it is, before it's a press a button or hammer a button yeah. one, it looks like someone climbing a mountain or something. Yeah. It's, it's like a little sprite. It's... I think it's someone climbing yeah. something. Do 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 points of action. And then, it, so you'll get a little rumble on that. Yeah. And then you'll just have to wait for that to reveal it to whichever button it's going to yes. be. The other one... Instead of having that thing, it will always have the uh, X or the triangle down on the left-hand side, um, and it won't have shown anything else first. Oh, And then yeah, the yeah. line comes up, yes. and then the rhythm action bit comes up. It's uh, like, okay, yeah. got it so now. The idea of the rhythm action bit, it's um, Until Dawn had Don't Move the Controller, which was kind of busted, and uh, it was a little bit glitched and it didn't work for a lot well, of people. I'm not sure if it wasn't just... Busted, but sometimes oh. I think it was deliberately supposed to not work. Oh, it, it was supposed to work. It was just glitched and broken. Oh, okay. Um, so they replaced it in Man of Medan with press the X button in time with uh, a heartbeat in order to stay calm and not give yourself away. Okay. And here they changed it. So now it's sometimes it's X button and sometimes it's triangle, depending on whether it's a small heartbeat or a big heartbeat. I did not like that. I, I got on really well with those bits. I, I str not only struggled with knowing what to expect, going, oh my god, there's an X on the screen, press the X. <laughs> um, and then, like, switching between the two. Yeah. Because for most of the game, it was, like, six repetitions of X, six yeah. repetitions of triangle, then, like, eight repetitions of, of X. Yeah. And then there's one right near the end where it switches to, like, four of X, four of triangle... And then, like, three of X, three of triangle? 
I never realised that was the one I fucked up where I I killed someone. I never realised there was a pattern, which is why probably why it didn't fuck me up when it changed because I was like, I'm still only doing this. Whatever one is immediately on screen right now, I'll press that. It was the fact that it changed midway through a thing I was used to it being yeah. the same all the way through. But again, more reason to replay it. Mm, but it is really frustrating to go, yeah. hey, you've got this far, yeah, but you're, you're fucked and you're going to have to start the whole yeah. game again because I, you fucked up one I, thing I in the last say, chapter. I will say, going through the second time today, um, I had a much easier time getting through all of the problems. Like By the second time through, mm. I felt like I had a good grasp on what I was doing, which... You know, usually would be a, a negative thing to say, this is a game I desperately wanted to play a second time, because, yeah. like, without getting into anything, this game ends in a way that left me with a lot of questions that I very suddenly wanted to go back and go, hey, 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 how how that? What what What's going on with that? Mm. It's one of, one of those endings where you want to look out for... One of those ones where you want to go look for the clues afterwards. Yeah, I mean, you get that a lot with like horror films. Like, okay, so there is clearly something that that would let me know something about what is happening yes. later on. And I think obviously you've got the curator as well, who's very yes. much like, I can give you clues. Yeah, I can give you clues. Those aren't clues that necessarily going to help you with the next section of the game. No. They're like, I'm going to tell you what the plot is. Do you want to know what the plot is? No, yeah. I don't. I went. To, I I did say yes to those the second time through the game, yeah. and they were like. Okay, knowing what I knew, that they would... And here's the thing, there was one he did that he didn't ask for that I thought was... The one with the playing cards. The thing yes. with the playing cards I thought was very smart, mm -hmm. in hindsight. Um, but yeah, I... I will say, initially I was a bit worried that this game had a bit too many different horror genres going on at once. It feels like it's throwing a lot of spaghetti at the wall. Um, because yeah. there's a point at the beginning where it's like, okay, is this about the witch trials? Is this a Satan is living in a small child narrative? Is this Silent Hill? Is this Silent is Hill? This... Especially with the whole like seeing the the, the little yeah. girl figure standing in the middle of the road that then leads to a bus crash. Yeah, there's a lot of like, yeah, is this a cyclical rebirth and redeath narrative? Yeah. Like, there's a lot of different things, and I think. There's clearly some red herrings in there. There's one very early point that I think is like a bit of a cheap red herring where the game just kind of lies to you to make a red herring. Mm. Um, but I think largely the ending does justify all the things they set up before it. Yep, and also the, just the fact that like there is the joy of replaying it, like rewatching a horror film of, hey, let's watch the clues. But with yeah. this, there's also, also the. I can get the clues and also potentially see a different ending. Yes, exactly. And I think for this, knowing the ending not only let me look for the clues, but it allowed me to make some slightly different choices knowing what I now know. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, yeah. There, there are definitely some different endings to this. One of them is real fucking grim, as I yeah. saw today. Um. Uh, I, I think, like, our first playthrough, we we were, like, 90% of the way to, like, a good ending. We oh, okay. It was just me fucking up and killing two people. Oh, no, no. It was that one person where I thought I was saving them, and actually they thought I was being very rude. Um, When we were at... The, when we were barricading that door, and someone came to the door... Yeah. I tried to be like, ah, you're in danger, and it came off as, oh, fuck off, go away. Yeah, I mean, and that was a case of the video game problem that you get sometime in these things of, that is not what I said. 
Well, here's the thing. I looked at that prompt again and I'm like, oh, no, I, on second thought, I can see how, like, that that doesn't mean what I initially thought it means. And I can see that now. Um, but, like, the, the, the main bit of the bad ending we got is because that one choice I made there accidentally. Ah. Um, but like in hindsight, knowing what I what I knew about the ending, I was like, okay, I will do this, and it panned out very differently. Mm-hmm. And like, I don't think any of the endings are necessarily good, uh, uh like positive. <laughs> uh, sorry, that's yeah, that, that's like, that game all the way through, though. I don't think any of them are positive. They are. There's there's multiple different ways for that story to end, and I like that all of them have room for debate about was that a good or a bad thing that it ended that way. Yeah. And I find that interesting. Hmm. It's left me... It's left me pondering a fair amount. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. So, I, I'm pretty happy with that. I had a good yeah. good time playing it. I had it. a good time with it. I, I enjoyed watching you start your second playthrough. Yeah. Uh, if I had more time, I would probably play more of it. Yeah, I I apologize. I had to finish nope, that second playthrough because work deadlines. But yep. I oh, I've got a work deadline too. I yeah, just don't have as much time. I I had, I largely had a good time with it. Um, the only thing I'm unsure about, mm-hmm. and I I don't have I I by the time this goes up, I might know the answer. I probably will know the answer. I will have played online co-op. But um, this game's online co-op mode. Uh, Man of Medan had one. Mm-hmm. And Man of Medan, that was the way I would have recommended people play that game. I'm Definitely, like, because there's all that stuff of, as long as you're only vaguely communicating. Like, yeah. Oh, hang on. Uh, oh, I just saw a thing. A thing just happened to me. I had yeah. an experience of yeah. that side of the story. Yeah. Um. Is as long as you're not giving too much detail about what's going on, it can create some really cool things where you know different information to each other, and oh. that creates conflict. Here. I imagine the same would largely be true, but there is an aspect of this game that I don't know how works with online co-op, and I didn't have a chance to test it ahead of review, Mm. and um, there might be an aspect of this in online co-op where one person might get a better experience than the other, Mm. and that's a potential thing to keep in mind. I would suggest play this either local co-op or single player before you play online co-op, probably, to be safe. Because I, again, I've not had a chance to play online co-op. I can foresee a situation in which one person would have a distinctly more interesting experience than the other. I mean, like, there are definitely parts in that game in our playthrough where I was like, and I'm guessing this is where something... Unique will happen for one person. Yeah. And I'm really curious what that is. Indeed. Um, yeah, there's, there is definitely stuff that I'm sure would be interesting in playing in co-op that would justify a co-op playthrough, but I don't think it should be your first, because I think for this particular horror narrative, it it benefits you to see everything that happens, or everything that happens in the main story. I think yeah. that... Splitting up what you do and don't see might weaken the ending of the narrative. Mm. Um, I think that's the tactful way to put that. Uh, yeah, I think I think that's accurate yeah. and fair. Um, yeah. Anything else you wanted to say about Little Hope? Uh, no, I think that, that, that's it. I, I think the only other thing I wanted to say was um, I like that the, the this horror 
game had two older characters. Um, yeah. Because it's usually like, let's watch yeah. teens get murdered. Yeah. And I like that, um, I particularly liked Angela, who was the mature student. Um, yeah, she gets really mouthy towards the yeah, end. She gets really fun. mouthy. She's She's got a really fun personality. And I like that she's not just portrayed as frail and defenseless. Like, she fucking... Well, not even that, but at the beginning she yeah. comes off as kind of like, like, really, like, I am older and therefore you must respect well, this, me. I... And again, your playthrough might differ in what her arc is like. There is that. Yeah. In our playthrough, she had this really interesting arc from, I am better than you teenagers because I am older. You teenagers don't know what you're doing. And I don't believe in anything other anything. than... Yeah, I don't believe in anything. I <laughs> Nonsense to all of the supernatural. And she has this really nice arc of like growing closer to the rest of the group. And particularly... Mm getting on a lot better with the other young people in the group. Yeah. And that was a really nice arc to see. Yeah. She loosened up around them a lot and got, yeah. like, she was funny and she was feisty. Yeah. Angela's great. Angela might be my favourite character. She can be a very interesting character yeah. if you make her that way. Yeah. <laughs> so, what else have you played this week? We played another thing together. <gasps> yeah? Another exciting thing that we can't, yeah? can only talk so much about. I mean, we can probably talk... This week, we can probably talk fairly freely about yeah, this. Yeah, because this is week one. We can probably talk reasonably about this. We played some Pandemic Legacy Season Zero. Yes, that came out uh, the weekend before we record this podcast. Yes. Um, so we've talked about Pandemic Legacy before. Yes, it's been our get through the pandemic game. Yes, And I've decided enough. that now that we, we're, we're on uh, Zero, yeah. the final one, this is the end of all the Pandemic Legacy games, that, that this is it. We're wrapping up the pandemic now. Yeah, yeah. As yeah. soon as the, we finish with this, the pandemic's over. We will play as fast as we can, we assure <laughs> you. Ah, we're just going to play all day, every day until we finish. A lot of responsibility I've just given us there. We just keep opening the boxes and it's like we've there's, an, there's a 13th month, there's a 14th month. Oh no! <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I mean, yay gameplay, but... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so Pandemic, it's a board game about getting rid of disease cubes from across a map. Pandemic Legacy is play at least 12 games of that and every time you do new rules go on the board and stickers change and ev the game changes month to month and there's a big narrative yep. uh pandemic legacy season two was here's a different board and a different kind of disease management so pandemic legacy season one was here are the four diseases one of them is going to become incurable almost immediately yeah deal with that and the expanding consequences of that again don't want to spoil it for you the yeah. plot is really damn cool yeah especially taking like pandemic original pandemic which could get very boring could be very much solved yeah uh, you could there was a lot of uh quarterbacking potentially yes. i've written about it in my review of the game um pandemic legacy really dealt with that very well yes pandemic legacy season two was okay it's like 100 years or something i think yeah after the events of the first game all these people live on like floating islands in the middle of the ocean and it is their job to send supplies to the coastal towns to make sure that people get fed. Mm. And as part of the ongoing adventure there was you start with just a small amount of like here's just just the, the uh, east coast of America and here's a little bit of the west coast of, yeah. of Africa and Europe. You were sort of mapping the world as you went. Yeah, as you went, you expanded, you drew like, on new sea You lands. physically drew your own routes on the map, yeah, which is pretty cool. You put huge stickers on the map to be yeah. like, okay, here's northern Europe now. But like, underneath that all, it was fundamentally very similar to Base Pandemic. It was a spin on 
pandemics mechanics. It was sort of like, backwards. Get cubes yeah. on the board rather than off it. It, it was it was inverse pandemic, but it had a lot of its same structure and turn order mm. and things. And again, Pandemic Legacy Season Zero, which is a prequel. Um, once again, it's a different skinning, and there's some different rule stuff going on, but it is fundamentally another pandemic game. Yeah, and, and if you've played the other two, you will be getting nods to that. Yes. Um, so this one, uh, we've played the first two games, and we'll just talk about, like, Well, we this... played the prologue, uh, yes. which is just to understand how the game is played now. Which, also, thank you so much, Legacy <laughs> Games, for having prologue games so you can get your head around the new rule set before there's consequences. Yeah. Um, yeah, this one is set during the Cold War. Mm-hmm. And instead of getting disease cubes off the board, you are trying to get... Um, spies. Soviet agents off the board. Spies! Yeah. Well, I'm uh, calling them... Are they specifically Soviet agents at the beginning, or are they just spies? Maybe they're just spies. I think they're I... just... They're, they, they certainly are red. Yeah, um, And yeah. The, the story from our handler is constantly that... You know, they're, they're, they're all those sneaky yeah. rescues. So, yeah, the, 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 what we're, we're working for the CIA and basically being told, oh, the Soviets, mm, the Soviets are doing bad. Mm, go, go get the Soviets. They're doing a, they're doing a bad. So we're recently qualified medical students. That's the CIA hired to be spies to deal with this yeah. coming, this, this secret virus. It was easier to teach spies to uh, yeah, to just... teach doctors to be spies than the other way around was yes. their their thinking if you're anything uh, uh if you're anything like us like just like just generally not trusting something just because yeah. the u.s government said it oh yeah as soon as like the the, the government's like go do this go do this like, mm, i don't trust you <laughs> no, 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 i don't trust I, I i don't trust the cia to tell me to do the morally right thing exactly i'm not gonna well i mean we we had an option early on yeah. Won't spoil the details, but it was like, do you tell them everything you've just learnt or not? So it was and like, like the kind of people we are, we're like, no, no. we're not gonna tell the CIA everything. No. Why would we trust them? <laughs> um, yes, don't we yeah, we we we're not big fans of yeah. any any game where it's like, no, you have to cooperate with the military. Yeah. No. So, <laughs> now you have to cooperate yeah. with the CIA. No. <laughs> <laughs> so talking mainly about like the mechanics of the prologue, um yes. Um largely it is Pandemic, if you couldn't fly between your um, uh, safety bases, whatever uh, they're called. Research stations. Yeah, if you couldn't fly between research stations, different areas of the map have different affiliations and some of them are easier to fast travel to than others. Yep. Um, so at the start of the game, allied places, you can just show a card without discarding it to fly there. Yep. Um, neutral places, you can discard a card to go to that city. Um and Soviet ones you just cannot fast travel to at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and you've you've got the ability to build uh, teams, which are these little vans, that you can send them to clean up spies without you. Um, so because you've, you much more board coverage yeah, so you can get them you've, out. You've got much more limited ability to traverse the board at speed, but if you can get those teams out, you've got the ability to be in a dozen places at once. Exactly. So if you could, like, if you have a hotspot at the beginning of the game that's going to be problematic, and it's all one affiliation, you just can just head over there, build a safe house in that affiliation, and then from that safe house, build a team, yeah. and the team will just drive around on that affiliation. Yeah. Like, as an action on your turn, it's just like, oh, I'm just going to move that yeah. one north and get two, two spies off of that. City. Yeah, so you can move the these little team vans without having to be at them. You can just <laughs> move them remotely. And if they end their turn where there are spies of the same affiliation, you just get rid of all the spies on that space for free without oh, having to spend cool. an action. 
Um, they're really valuable, and they are the things that... In base pandemic, you're spending five of the same kind of card to cure a disease. Here, you're spending five to get a van, and those vans are also what you need to complete your objectives. Like, typically your objectives will be like, get a van to this location to do this to thing, do or have uh, vans on these multiple locations. Mm -hmm. um, one thing I liked mechanically that it did is the idea of hidden locations for objectives. Do you want yes. to talk about that? Um, so basically, you will, might have at the beginning of a game, hey, something is going on in North America. So you take all the North America cards out of uh, the uh, player deck, and you separate them all out, you shuffle them, pick one out, leave it face down, and then you put the objective card on, on top of that. Yeah. Throughout the game... Obviously, any time you're drawing a North America card yeah. from the player deck... You can cross that off. You can put a little X token on it to be like, well, we know that's not the face-down card because we just drew it. Exactly. And then you can either spend three of that region's tokens, so uh, three of that region's cards, so in this case North America, in a safe house in that area... Yeah, to, to um, like go. Okay, where where is it? Let let me identify that. Yeah, place. Or you can save those actions and those cards and let the deck keep going and go. Okay, hopefully we'll get yeah all of them out. Like before we the end of the game. we had an early game where we got it down to two North American places that this objective could be. So we started sending teams to both those those areas. So we were oh, like, oh, that was in our last three turns. Yeah, we were right near the end of the game, and we were like, if we can get vans to both those locations and then do a search, because we've got both of them covered, we'll be fine. When yeah. we turn it over, it's like, oh, we do have a van there already. It was a very calculated final few turns, and luckily the van I had chosen to move on my turn was like one stop away from being in the place we needed to search yeah. because the card, the other card came up on uh, as I was drawing my cards was like all right that's it you do it yeah. you say you finish the game now that's it like it, oh, it's a really interesting idea having hidden objectives um yes. yeah we're, we're very early in the campaign and I imagine a lot's going to change we've already had our first open open part of the game and go oh that's a new mechanic yes uh, so we... i'm guessing starting from next month we're gonna have a whole new thing yeah. to deal with. we narrowly avoided a very bad new mechanic happening and i'm Sooner sure than it... perhaps it can yeah i'm sure it will happen but we avoided it happening as soon as it could have yes uh, within the first session of this i'm like oh yeah this is why i love pan <laughs> like pandemic legacy um, it's so good and the the pieces are just delightful like the little vans oh, and we keep vans. making jokes about them being just little just little flower van yeah and the little <laughs> safe house buildings that are just like the most hobbled together there could be 15 different rooms inside this it's a hodgepodge of a building They're yeah so it's um it's real brutalist architecture like 1970s flat blocks yeah it's a flat block where, like, people keep subdividing the rooms. Mm. Like, there's way more people in here than should be. Yeah, well, I say, I say it should be 1960s, given the era. Yeah. But yeah, it's um, it's a really nice spin on the old pandemic mechanics. Yeah. Like, instead of outbreaks, because the spies aren't just going to asexually oh, yes. reproduce, when you go to put a fourth one on there, you put uh, an outbreak an, marker on uh, there. An incident. An incident marker. Then you draw the card from the bottom of the, uh, the threat deck. And instead of going, oh, I'm going to put some things on this card, yeah. there will be like some text on it that says, yeah. something bad happens over here. Yeah, there'll be a, a special instruction that only happens when a place outbreaks. 
And the thing about the the incidents here is that they can snowball really quickly. Really badly. Yeah, yeah. Like, if you get... Here's the thing. The way that those special uh, uh, bits of text on the cards work is they can either snowball really fast or you can be really lucky and have several turns where it's like, incident, and there was no consequence. Yay! Yay! I mean, there is the fact that you've got an incident and at the end of any game... Anywhere there was an incident is going to get some extra surveillance. Yeah. It's going to be watched, and you, if you end your turn in an area with surveillance, your identity will take that many hits for however many up to three points. Yeah, you've got multiple uh, identities to work with, and you've got all these little stickers that you can put on your fake identity and your yeah, little passport. So you can play, Those little uh, passports. Dress up. Yeah, there's adorable passports and you put the same photo in every page and then you do different disguise stickers on each yes. one. I love that we've both made like the butchest lesbians. Oh, we've made like the le- the most lesbian spies. <laughs> What's yours called? I can't remember. Oh, I, I've forgotten. I know yours is lesbian. Mine is Leslie Bean. <laughs> um, yeah, she's uh, she's she's having a real, uh, real butch face at the moment because like... Yeah. There's not a huge selection of hair. Oh, and my one gripe with the game so oh, far. Oh, yes. Um, there are a couple of uh, black characters that you can choose the portraits of. Not a lot of yeah. Afro hair the, in there. The, the, there is a lot of non-white character art and not a lot, a lot of, of hair. Non-white hair. Yeah. Pretty much all the hairstyles and hair types are very, very much white people hair. Very much white people hair. Yeah. Which um, is a shame. There's one which is sort of like vaguely loxy. Yeah. It's just like, really? That's the best you it's, could do? Considering how much... Uh, Variety of skin tone there is. It's yeah. a real shame that there is not the hairstyles like, to match. Exactly. Like what? What? This is consistently a thing with character creators. You will get like, ah, oh, you can change your skin tone, but where is hair that looks mm. that that matches? Yeah. Uh, like otherwise, and, and regards to the question that I know a lot of people have had is how unquestioning is it of the whole red scare thing? Don't know yet. I f- I feel like there is going to be some questioning. I here's the thing: the fact that we've already had a "Do you want to tell the CIA everything you know?" suggests yeah. to me that it's going to give you room to question the CIA. Yes. Um, yeah. So if you're worried about that, that's all we've got so far. Yeah. We will let you know about. Yeah. At least that aspect as we yeah. progress further. My, in my initial instinct is. It's probably going to question the CIA. I don't think it's going to be... It's a pandemic game. Yeah. It's a pandemic legacy There's going to be a... Oops, here's what actually is going on. Question authority if you want. Yeah, pandemic (laughs) games do seem... The legacy ones do seem to like to question authority. Do you want to question authority? You have that ability. (laughs) And Uh, me being me. Yeah, me me and us. (laughs) Uh, What else you played? Uh, I can talk incredibly briefly about <laughs> the Xbox Series X that's down there under the table. I can't see that. No, I huh? haven't signed an NDA, so that, I can't you, see you're that. You're allowed to see. Oh, I can see it. You're oh. allowed to see that it has been unboxed. I have an Xbox Series X. I've had it for about a week. About a week. Yeah. Um, about, about a week before we recorded yep. this. Yeah, I can say basically nothing about this right now. I can say this. I can talk about the unboxing. Can we um, talk about the green bit on top? Uh, yes, because that is a thing that you can learn by having unboxed it. Yeah, because all the trailers made it look like there was going to be like a green light inside yeah, and that it, was going to be cool. Yeah, it looks like there's a green... Here's the thing. A green LED wouldn't have been so cool when it was shining up at your ceiling. And like, I don't know. I'd like yeah. that. So it looks in trailers like it's got a green light coming out the top. It's an interesting optical illusion with green paint partially down the holes. 
Yep. And I think it gets the effect. I do- it's it's cool effect. It's alright. I mean, no. from what I've seen, uh, I mean, if there is a light, that would be very cool. Um, I I think I can say that 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 that, that green effect is not created by a light. It is created Ooh. by paint. Um, Ooh. but uh, I have opened one up and held it. Um, I can talk about the fact that. The console and the controller really show fingerprints, like, real fucking easy. They go away very quickly, but, like, if you touch it to take it out of the packaging, mm. expect to see, like, oh, there's fingerprints all over it. It's going to be a weird first impression It's, it's weird because it kind of reminds me of uh, the skin on my laptop. Yeah. Um, when I bought it, it was like, oh, it doesn't leave fingerprints. You can never leave fingerprints on this thing. And you pick it up and you touch it, especially if, you, if it's cold in the air. Yeah. And you'll have marks all over it. And then they'll just fade away. Yeah. It's... The problem is you can't put stickers on it, which for a laptop. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's, I don't know how to describe the weird thing that happens with fingerprints very quickly appearing and disappearing. It seems to be mostly thermal related. Like, yeah. where um, perspiration is coming off of you. Yeah, it's it's an odd one. It's it's a matte finish to it. It's yeah. not glossy. Um, yeah. It's very dense and heavy. Um, yeah, yeah, it looks it. Yeah, yeah, like, it's... There is no empty space in that thing. It is just solid, packed. There is a lot of tech in there. Mm-hmm. Um, the controller? I can, I can talk about holding the controller without having it turned on or it plugged in or anything. It looks about the same size as the last one? Uh, yeah, it's got nice textured grips on the on the back of the uh, the handles, which are very comfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, it's got the same slot on the... On yeah, bottom. it's got the same slot on the no, bottom. No, Wait, uh, oh, I, I just realised I haven't seen the the most recent slot. I've got a 360 pad. Yeah, um, not that. The main difference is it's got a share button. Um, Ooh, they finally caught. They up finally caught. Yeah, they caught up with everyone else. Um, and the deep, the new D pad. Oh, is that micro switched? I think so. It's very, it's a very satisfying clicky D pad. Yeah, that's micro switches. Yeah, it is a very satisfying clicky D pad. Hmm. Yeah. Ooh. Well, that's some, that's some nice travel on those triggers. Yeah, it is. Um, we, without plugging it in or playing any games with it, it is a nice, comfortable controller that came out of that box. Um, and it comes with batteries. It comes with ba- it does come with batteries, but equally, I, I, it has I to have batteries. You un- unboxing it, so <laughs> yeah, it has to have batteries. They haven't. It's not rechargeable yet, Boom. unless you go buy a rechargeable pack separately, which I probably will do at some point. Yeah. Um. I'm trying to think if there's anything else. Oh, I can say about um, it doesn't have a big clunky power brick in its uh, power cable. It is it's, the big clunky. Yes, yeah. its its power cable is just plug and goes in the other end. Plug and play. Um, yeah, and I can't really say anything else. I don't think it's. Here's the thing: it feels very big when you take it out the package. Now that I've got it like in the office, it's not as huge as I had mentally. It, you can find a space to sort of shove it away out the corner and it stops seeming so big. I have to say, having recently watched a lot of the launch trailer stuff yeah. from editing accessibility, like, it's it's less colourful than I thought it would be. It is. Like, the cube's going to have more lights on it. It's, it's a black cube with some green paint in the top. In an era where RGB is fucking everywhere. <laughs> yeah, it is It is a very understated just yeah. black box. Obelisk of Doom. Obelisk of Doom. Um... <laughs> And that's all I can currently say. And at some point in the near future, I will have more to say. Also, watch accessibility that went up this week because I talk about uh, 
it from an accessibility perspective of opening the box up. So does. you should you should watch that video that's up now. Oh yeah, it's up yeah, now. yeah, it's up now. Hey. Yeah, Ooh, people have seen it by now. Um, what else have you played this week? Oh, I played some solo games of Spirit Island. Yeah, you've been learning this game because apparently it's a very complicated one. Um, my first game took three and a half hours. My second game took about half an hour. Okay. <laughs> if that gives you some idea of what the learning curve is like. Yeah, yeah. I'm a bit terrified of us having our first game <laughs> of this. Um, it sounds like it is... You described it as one of the most uh, mechanics-dense games we have ever played. I've, yeah, I think that's probably true. I don't know if it's just because it didn't have the backup of... Um, there's there's a couple of people on YouTube that, like, if they do a learn-to-play video, they are always the ones I will go for first. Unfortunately, none of them, those people, seem to have done a video for this yet. Maybe they haven't worked out the rules well enough to do one I don't, I don't, Yeah, maybe they haven't <laughs> found a way to do it in their particular style. But yeah, like, I found a video online, I watched it... Once before getting it even out of the box, a second time whilst sort of going along, setting it up at the same time, trying to play along, still struggled. Like, I was constantly, like, manual in one hand going, can, and, and I can, can I, oh, can I, mm, can I move, mm, can I, can I play that? Can I, can I do the, ooh, ah. So basically, um, the plot of this game is what drew me in. You um, are the guardian spirits of an island. Mm. And that island has some some native inhabitants, and they're just happy living their lives, and island life is good. And then white people turned up. Yes, like literally, the the figures are white, the houses are white, all the buildings are white. Yeah, white people are the problem. Yes, white people show up and try and colonize the island. Yes, they are already starting to make a big mess, and the more mess they make, the more blight appears on the island. If the island gets too blighted. Dead. That's it. Game over. Yeah. Uh, if um, but basically you have to pick a spirit. Depending on the number of players, you will have these. Uh, depending on the number of players, you will each have like a progressively larger board. Mm. So it scales really nicely. It's, it's modular and it grows in interesting ways. Those shapes fit together in a really cool way. Yeah. It's it's slightly uh like a rhomboid. Mm. Um, with like nice crinkly edges and then you can sort of put it together so it works nicely for one, two, three or four players. Yeah. The expansion that they've just kick-started and I believe is shipping now, uh, there's an expansion so you can put five or six players on. Ooh. So Island gets even bigger. <laughs> it's a, just a really cool idea of, yeah. hey, defend your island from these invaders. F- fend off the invading white people who want to fuck up your island. Pretty much. Yeah. Stop the blight, roll that back. And you've got, um, so like the first spirit I played was the river spirit. Mm. Um, I think it's river rushes in sunlight. Mm. And apparently they are one of the better spirits to play, especially like from the beginning, because they have like, uh, basically you will be putting out um, presence tokens. Okay. And the more presence tokens you put out, the more board coverage you have from like where you can influence to. Mm. So like, um, if you've got... uh, some some people nearby and you want to do a particular like you've got like you start with four cards yeah and they will have different abilities like you can uh gather the natives to you Mm. and if you've got like a certain number of natives in the place where you are now they will spawn an extra one okay because they're growing growing little mushroom huts 
Not, not fucking. <laughs> probably fucking. <laughs> probably fucking. Um, yeah, and then like you might have another one where you can say that uh, where for every native uh, inhabitant you have, they will do this much damage to opponents. Mm. But the opponents will always attack first. Mm. So you have to deal with the fact that they will attack first, which means they will damage the island. Yeah. And you, potentially, if you've got presence there. Yeah. And any villagers. And the villagers who are usually... Uh, the natives who are usually very um, docile. Yeah. If they're attacked first, they will attack back. But at that point, they've already lost however many yeah. points of health. So this is where there's just so much going on. Like, you've yeah. got... You've got uh, your cards to manage because you start with only four and you don't get them back at the end of your round. Yeah. You have to have a whole separate thing where you go, I will now reclaim my cards. And mm. that allows me... Uh, you have uh, like two or three... Uh, three or four actions at the top of your spirit card yeah. that will say you can put some presents down or you can put some presents... A little... Just one presence down and have some energy. Or you can reclaim all your cards and have a power card... And maybe get a little little bit of energy. Yeah. There's new power cards. Okay. For starter games, you they'll say, hey, pick a low difficulty spirit and pick these cards out and then just take them in order whenever you would get a power card. Yeah. Usually, you go through the major powers or minor powers deck, mm. you draw four cards, pick one to keep, and the rest get discarded. Okay, so you've got a bit of choice over what you... Take. It's Usually, not pure yeah. random luck I've, in I've the not, base game. Yeah, I've I've not sort of played expanded no. to the full rule set yet. Yeah, but like frankly, I want to go through all four of the low level spirits. Um, yeah, which is good that there's four, so you can go. Hey, new game, everyone. Let's all play at the lowest possible difficulty. New spirits. Yeah. Like there is so much to expand the difficulty of this game, and it's already hard enough. Yeah, I can. See how this would have some legs to scale upward. Hugely. So you've got all your base game where, it, where, your, where your thing is... Because your your goals change as well. Yeah. So at the start of the game, you have to eradicate all of the white people. You have to get rid of them and their villages and their cities. Mm. And the more fear you generate, the, yeah. the more... Uh, the potentially easier your job gets. Mm. So when you hit terror level two... You you don't have to get rid of the villagers. You just have to get rid of the cities and uh, the villages. Mm. And then when you hit the next one, it's like okay, now you just have to get rid of the villagers and and the, the villages. Yeah. So uh, like, that's it, pretty much. Yeah. Just the, the that's it. Cities left to deal with. Mm. Um, and then I think the last one is uh, once you've got all nine of the fear cards. Yeah. So if you've got a spirit that very much relies on generating fear. That's it. Game over. You've won based entirely on terror and then fucking off You've out just of scared fear. them the fuck away. Yeah. Oh. Um, there, there's a few ways to win this. There's lots of ways to lose this. But yeah. the expansion is... Well, firstly, you, you start with just the four low-level spirits. You can expand them into others. Then you've got the whole thing of synergy, how that works with yeah. multiple players. Like, which spirits do you want to be? Then you've got the... Um, you can play with specific invasion cards mm. so now oh now you're playing against the french the french are coming and this is how they will attack this is how they will move this is what they will do mm. um or there's uh there's like there's several other mechanics i haven't dug into yet mm. as i say it's a very rules deep game that's probably enough to explain it but it is fun going ah uh, yeah i'm just gonna make the 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 sea rise up and wash you away 
Bye! I am excited to learn this, dot dot dot, probably after we get through Pandemic. I think it would be a lot easier for you to play because I know how to do the setup. Yes. So you'll just have to learn, how does my character work? Yeah, at some point we will get around to it after the busy few weeks and months we have ahead. Uh With many, many things coming up. Yes. Uh, I've played a couple of other things I can talk about quickly. Mm -hmm. Um, I played through the new Crown Tundra DLC for Pokemon Sword and Shield. Mm -hmm. I streamed for like nine hours the day that came out because Pokemon and I wanted to play it and I wasn't going to have much of a chance. You did. She was like, I'm just going to pop up and do a little bit of a lunchtime stream and I'll see you in a yeah. couple of hours. I love you, bye. And, and then she was like, there is no ending. Ah. Yeah, because here's the thing. The first DLC for Pokemon Sword and Shield was kind of... Eh. Um, the Isle of Armor DLC, it came with a new it came with a new legendary Pokemon. That's kind of cool. Um, it... Had the ability to give um, Gigantamax Factor to my shinies that could Gigantamax, <laughs> and like what Max Factor? <laughs> it 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 was mechanically it, it allowed me to do some things that I'd been wanting to do, and it gave me a new legendary. But it was only a few hours long, and it was basically go from point to point to point, follow the flags, they'll tell you where to go. It it wasn't particularly exciting. Um, the Isle of Armor DLC was it it was it was. Fine, it just wasn't like particularly noteworthy. The Crown Tundra is fucking night and day. Infinitely more interesting DLC. Um, it gives you like five quests when you show up and doesn't tell you where to find them and just goes, here's some vague clues. Go explore. Deal with it, loser. Um, yeah, it's got a much more wide open open world map than either the base game or the first DLC. Because like the mm-hmm. first, the base game had the wild area, which was a couple of big fields where you could go explore mm-hmm. and Pokemon appeared in the overworld. And the Isle of Armor DLC was like a little more, um, here's a forest connected to a cave, connected to a field, connected, to, connected to a beach. To <laughs> yeah, it had like a few areas, but it was fairly linear and it was not particularly like, there wasn't too much exploring to do. Yeah. This was huge and varied and had a bunch of different spaces in it and Yay. a bunch of different like biome types and it felt like a much more like I was exploring and finding unexpected things and there were little hidden corners around to go find. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a bunch of cool stuff to find in it. There was new versions of the legendary birds from the first generation games, so mm-hmm. new versions of Zapdos, Mol- uh, Moltres, Articuno. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's some new Reggie Pokemon for the Reggie Ice, Reggie Rock, Reggie Steel line. Um, not Fizame. No, not Reggie Fizame. <laughs> Lots of people in the Twitch chat made that joke. Hey. Um, there's uh, a whole new legendary quest to go do that has a bunch of story connected to it. Mm-hmm. There's a bunch of um, explore to find some of these uh, legendaries from the last gen by following these footprints and there's a bunch of different quest types um some of the quests take you back to locations from the base game or the first dlc to go do things um it felt like much more of a big winding adventure integrated too yeah it it was it was really good um the main thing that i have been doing since completing the main story mode um Mm. of the dlc uh, other than repeatedly soft resetting the game to try and get a shiny Reggie Drago, <laughs> um, is they introduced a new system of raids um, where basically you go into a cave with three other players. Uh, you can do it with other players online, and 
you do four raids back to back. There's a sort of branching path. You don't know what Pokemon you're going to encounter, but you know uh, the types of them. So you'll see a cloud and be like, there's a water type over there and a fire type over there. You can kind of see their silhouettes and maybe work out what they are. Mm. You sort of vote as a group which which raid to go do. There'll be a legendary at the end. Mm. Um, couple of things. First of all, you don't use your own Pokemon in there. You use rental Pokemon. Um, and you your Pokemon don't get healed along the way. So if you, say, uh, defeat a Golduck somewhere in the cave and you're like, oh, my Manetric is quite low on health, you can choose to use the, the Pokemon that you just defeated at full health and swap that into your team. So there's this sort of management thing going on of, like, huh. how many times do I reckon I can get away with using this Pokemon in raids before I should swap it out for something fresh? Mm. And only one of us in the team can take the new thing, so, like, okay, who... Whose Pokemon's looking real rough? Okay, you can you can swap that in. Mm. Uh, which I was not a fan of that in theory before I tried it. In practice, it's been really well balanced. Um, okay. If I could use my own Pokemon teams, I would probably be absolutely trouncing this every time I go through it because yeah. I've you know uh, perfected all the stats on my level one hundred mm-hmm. Pokemon that are competitively balanced and whatnot. Here, you have to make do with what you've got. And the, le- the strength and the levels and the movesets are designed to be like, by the time you get to the legendary at the end of this run, you're going to be de- a bit down to the wire whether you finish it or not. It mm. requires you to play smartly. Yeah. And that's been fun. It's, 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 made, it's made it a challenge forcing me to use rental stuff. Mm-hmm. Secondly, and the main reason I've been, do- I've been playing a fair bit of it, is the shiny rates are ridiculous in this cave. Yay. Um... Okay, so before this, the the gold standard for like shiny rates was something called Ultra Wormholes in Ultra Sun and Moon. Um, you go into a weird space wormhole, you fly down a thing. The shiny rates were were like quite good in there. The shiny rates here, if you if you don't have the shiny charm, it's one in three hundred, which is really wow. good rates. This is usually what four thousand base. Uh, four thousand is the base odds. Um, you're looking at something like 1 in 250 if you're egg breeding with the shiny charm. Like, that's usually a pretty good way to do it. So it's almost as good as that. If you've got the shiny charm, it's 1 in 100, which is the best shiny rate there has ever been in any Pokemon game. Um, not all Pokemon are available there. There's, like, about 220 species, I think, can be found in these caves. That's still a good chunk. Yeah, and you can't guarantee the Pokemon you want is going to be in there in any given run. Mm. So, like... If you specifically wanted a shiny version of, say, Golduck, for example, mm. you're not you'd ha- you'd have to luck out and find Golduck in the run to have your one in a hundred shot. But mm. if you don't mind too much what shiny stuff you get, and you're willing to just be like, we'll see what comes, you're fighting four Pokemon in a row per pass through the cave. That makes the shiny odds are like about one in twenty five times that you go through that cave, one of them will be one of the Pokemon you find will be a shiny, mm. which is ridiculous. So good. Um, you don't know they're shiny when you're fighting them, which is uh, a thing. 100% catch rate in that cave, so just throw regular Pokeballs and catch everything you encounter, just so that at the end screen you can check were any of them shiny. Mm. Um, I, um, I'm having fun with Pokemon. I'm I want to have time to play more of it, but work. Ooh. Yeah. Why did yeah. there have to be a new console generation now? Rude. I know, it's rude. Why do that when I have Pokemon to play? Rude. Um, 
Did you play anything else this week? Uh, we finished playing our playthrough of the <gasps> Arkham Horror oh, yeah. Car Game Damage Legacy Cycle. We had a real big uh, session binging through the the we end did, of it. Because it's like we we can't we can't have have our pandemic legacy pudding until we've eaten all of our <laughs> tentacles. Yeah, it it was really good. Yeah, it was. It, it escalated, huh? Yeah, it continued to. Very much mechanically vary up what was going on yeah. between each bit of the story. Mm-hmm. Um, that final mission, mm. huh? Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. It captured the Lovecraftian horror setting very well. The, the, putting the cosmic in cosmic horror. It, it, it cosmic horrored very well. It found a very cool mechanical way to do cosmic horror. Yes. Um... It, we really cut it down to the wire. We did basically the same thing we did last time. Uh, in, in reverse. So yes. last campaign, we barely won with you sort of... Um, I died of physical injuries. Yes, whereas I died of uh, mental injuries right yes. at the end. Yes. I lost my mind just you as I was... You lost your mind and wandered off the precipice into the forever nothing. Yeah. But you got and out I all cried. right and the world was saved, so... Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, but like the as, as with all of the, the Arkham Horror stuff, like... You ended the game and the world was saved, but you've suffered severe mental and physical trauma as a result and you will never be the same again. Yeah. Retire this character now. Yeah. I, I really liked the ramp up to the end. Yeah, um, it was really good. Yeah, we we managed to do some things along the way that, like, the I think it was the penultimate mission was much easier because of something we'd done earlier. Yeah, so interesting thing. Um, Like, yeah, we'd spent a lot of that game going... We we did a thing. We got a result. What does that mean? Is that is is that good? Is that bad? What is the what what happened? Like there were things we'd done. There was no way of knowing exactly what that meant or what that what that did. And then all of a sudden, pretty much in this penultimate mission, it was like, oh yeah, you know this thing you did, and you you got you got to write this down in your log. Yeah, well now someone's coming to help you out in a really big way. Oh, you remember this thing that you just sort of casually picked up and didn't really think much more about? Yeah, that means you skip an entire section of, of the yeah. game and you're going to have a much easier time. Yeah, I, I'm i kind of curious to replay some of those missions at some point and be like, what if we just let them get a bit more difficult this um, time? Okay, so for, I was watching a thing today on the uh, No Pun Included channel. They yeah. also do board gamey stuff. Um, they are working through doing a full review of every single piece of Arkham Horror Living Card game. Ooh. Um, like all of the, the uh, so from the core set, all of the deluxe editions, including their um, Mythos packs. Mm. Not including the standalone scenarios and not including the Return to stuff. They're saying that if you fuck up the penultimate mission, you just don't get to do the last one at all. Oh, Wow. So it's like, oh yeah, I, I bought six of these because I want to do the thing. Yeah, you're going to have to play like six missions again because you, you, you fucked up this one and now you can't play the finale. I can see narratively why that would happen, but also yes. I can see why that would suck. That would suck, <laughs> definitely. Um, yeah, and they also mentioned stuff that made me think that I will definitely not be getting any more of this stuff. Yeah. Yeah, there is a like a an, an enemy... In the next deluxe pack. Yeah. Um, that's just called the Lunatic. Oh, of course. That, that's their whole type. Um, yeah. This one, that apparently that one isn't even based on a, a Lovecraft book. It's um, based on an entirely different author. I don't remember who they said it was. But yeah, I 
don't like the idea of just using mental health stuff as, yeah, ah, that means you're the bad guy now. Like, yeah. when people are obsessed with the cult, you, yeah. you could argue that that probably has some other connections with who they are as a person and what their mental state is like. Yeah. But to flat out go, yeah, that person's a lunatic. Ooh. Fuck yeah. off. No. Yeah. That's... No. I... We don't need any more of this. We don't. But I very much enjoyed this one we did. Also, they calculate they spent 700 quid. Yeah, we don't need any more of this. No, we do not. I had a very good time with this one, though. I had a time with this. I wouldn't mind playing, like, through, um, the, like, the base game and probably, like, all of this, like, the main game again. Yeah. Firstly, because there were so many places, like, when we went to Dunnage Village, mm. there were five locations, no, sorry, there yeah. were six locations to choose from. The first thing you do is drop one of those locations entirely. Yeah. The next thing you do is you pick one version of those. So yeah. you could pick, you know, you could pick, um, you know, a complete, you get a completely different story full stop if you get all different cards. Yeah. Then there's like the difference of the whole extra location that you've never used before and both versions of that. Um, with the train, there was like a bunch of extra carriages we could have yeah. used. There, There is enough here to justify... Another playthrough. Oh, definitely. And the fact that now that we've played all the way through um, Dunnage and we've opened all of the Mythos packs, potentially our starter builds could be so much more powerful. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, much more interesting. Like, I don't think we'd spend a lot of time levelling anything up. No. There's a very cool gun that I'm excited to... Why don't I try the lightning gun? Yeah, I'll try the lightning gun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, like, uh, I, I had a lot of fun with it. Yeah. I will definitely play through more of that. Don't know when that will be exactly. Yeah. Like, I feel I'm quite happy to just let that sit for a while. Yeah, same. Um, but yeah, maybe in a few years' time when we've completely forgotten what to do. Yeah. Uh, the only other thing I've played this week, and I've not played much, this is mainly mm-hmm. going to be a thing for next week, but I got to play a little bit of Microsoft Flight Sim. I saw you flapping around. It's working now! Yay! I, I have shiny new computer down do. there. That's very familiar, that computer. Yeah, thank you for helping me build basically <laughs> an identical computer to you, but with a slightly different motherboard. Yeah. We've got the, the what is it, the Tomahawk B550 in you there. Um, but otherwise, it's basically the same one as yours. It's and capture card in it. It's, it's got, got, 4K, it's capture got card 4K, 4K capture card in it. For, for 4K capturing purposes. Capturing forks. Yeah. Um... I, I can play the very high intensity flying game now and fly my plane around. And, uh, I'm excited to do some streams where I just fly to all my favourite airports. Yay. And go show like, I, I like this airport for because of this. And, 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 and here's where I used to live once upon a time and we're going to fly I'm the plane. To see Although uh, someone told me that the south of England's kind of bugged at the moment. Is it? crashing. Yeah. Um... A mutual friend of ours ah. was saying on Twitter the other day that apparently there is a problem with parts of the south of England. I will do some research before I stream and make yes. sure I avoid anywhere that's going to make the game crash. Yes. Ah, uh, I'm so excited! I can do zoomy flying. Zoom. I'm very excited to come on a flight with you sometime. Yeah, it was it was the the first thing I was like, okay, let's can it run it? Says I can run it, but let's actually check. Can I run it? Yeah, I can run it. It looked really great. The frame the frame rate it runs really smoothly. Yeah. So hooray! I get to I get to fly a plane. So rounds. I guess you'll be upgrading your monitors next. I mean, at some point. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think that's everything I've played this week. That's everything I've played. Well then, time for this. Time for this. Hello, and welcome to Chef Fantastique. Uh, today we have some 
uh, some new meal unboxings to to get to go ahead with. Uh, first off, I would like to uh, unbox this uh, new Denifulmo pizza. Uh, uh, we've got the box here, uh, some lovely art on the side. You can see a lovely uh, image of the pizza, and if we open it up, it's uh, got a sort of plastic wrap around it. Now, I cannot put the pizza in the oven or tell you what it tastes like, but here is the experience of me removing it from the packaging. Next, we have this wonderful, wonderful chocolate uh, mousse dessert. Once again, uh, fascinating packaging. It's got this lovely cardboard sleeve around the side and then the plastic film over the top. I can pull the plastic film off the top. I cannot eat it, though. I can, I can, I have a nice smell. It's, uh, mm, lovely, lovely chocolatey aroma, as you might expect. Um, uh, there's a plastic tub it's in. It's pl plasticky. Soon I will be able to tell you about the consuming process of it, but for now, I unpackaged it. Um, what else can I say? Um... It's quite light. It's not a very heavy mousse. Um, if I turn it up, so oh, it stays in the cup. Or oh, God, why? Why do I even bother with this? Just wanna, just wanna eat the bloody thing. Who, who, who puts bloody NDAs on food? Bloody PR companies. This is a public service announcement. You may be aware that recently the clocks have changed. As a result. The amount of daylight in the day has changed. Indeed, you may suddenly find that there is less daylight to enjoy, and less daylight during the times which you are awake. This may have, for some of you, a negative impact on how you feel, your emotional mood. Indeed, especially those who are affected by seasonal affective disorder. If you find yourself feeling in a lower mood as a result of the reduced daylight, perhaps consider a daylight lamp. Yes, this is the time of year when you should be getting your daylight lamp out, if you have not already done so. Trick your brain into thinking it is brighter than it is, so that it feels better. It's certainly worth a try. Daylight lamps. Good for fooling the mind. So, <gasps> what has gone in your eye, Neats? Uh, not a huge amount this week. Um, spent all the time playing stuff. Yeah, it's been a very play-heavy week. Um, mm -hmm. what, did, what have we watched this week? Um, we continue to watch Star Trek Discovery Season 3. <laughs> oh, it was it was good. It was good. Yeah. Um, uh, without getting into spoilers too much, I like the structure they have set up for this season. Yep. Um, I am curious to see what we're going to have next, exactly. Yeah, I, I feel like there is... A gap to be filled in, and I'm curious to see how they do that. Mm. Um, I very much liked getting to see some characters that haven't had a great chance to interact getting to be the focal point for a bit. Yeah, and we got some new stuff and, and some s some more explanation of yeah. the world they now find themselves my, in. What, I, I know I, I think I said this last week. Um, one of my things that I was really hoping for this was that it would not make the mistake that uh, Mass Effect Andromeda did, where it's we've gone all the way across the cosmos and hundreds mm. of years across time, and it's the same species having the same arguments that they did before, and mm. it feels feels like nothing has changed. Mm -hmm. um, this definitely seemed to establish, like, here is the new hierarchy of things, and here is some new species you haven't seen before, mm -hmm. and here is... Uh, the differences in technology and yeah, yeah, they sprayed you with the thing, didn't they? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they do a good job of setting up that this is a very different world to where we left, and I'm very happy about yeah. that. 
Yeah, I mean, uh, can't really talk too much without spoilers, but y yeah, the world they find themselves in now is is interesting and different. And I think, as I mentioned last week, if if you know stuff about or have sort of paid attention to the side stuff of Picard and previous episodes of previous series of Discovery, you'll be like, oh, it's it's that thing that was mentioned, and yeah. oh fuck, what does that mean for the universe as it stands now? Yeah. Hmm. Uh, we watched another thing together. <laughs> yeah, we did. We watched the first episode of The School Nurse Files on Netflix. Yes. Do you want to describe what the fuck that was? Um, so the trailer sucked me in with, uh, the school nurse has, like, a plastic lightsaber and, and somehow uses this to fight invisible spirits. Yeah. And basically she can see things no one else can. Yeah, she like can the jelly. Yeah, she can see like jelly left behind by people who have gone and part of their intent. Yeah. The jelly is left by people's intent. And yeah, she can see these creatures that can do harm to people that are mm -hmm. gooey and invisible and mm. she fights them using things a like a plastic lightsaber. A plastic lightsaber and, and a like baby gun. Yeah, a BB gun and like a little spritzer of holy water and whatnot, yep. and just like things from various different religions and mythologies. She has that a cabinet are... full of just stuff from like oh, any yeah. any faith you can. Yeah, think any of. any religion or faith you can think of that has some way of warding off evil. Yeah, I'll try a bit of that. Yeah, um, like it's really quite funny. Yeah, uh, I, I, I don't well, know. I mean, there is one caveat. And yeah, I, I don't know if it's a translation problem or if the yeah. translation would have made it worse. Yeah, but there mm. is um, one of the teachers at the school has um, like a leg brace, uh, like a leg brace or something going yeah. on. He's, he's um, got a bit of a limp on one side. Yeah, and um, she says something along the lines of, "I didn't think someone like you would have a disability." Which is, we, yeah. we, we were both... It, it really reads like, oh, you're young and attractive, that's not what disabled people are like. Well, it's I got don't those know, because she, she also mentioned something about his, his aura around then as well. Like, yeah. Because like, she's staring at his aura, which, like, nobody else seems to have, and even when we're looking through her eyes. And it's just like, so are you saying something about him spiritually? It's, or it's his unclear. youth, or his attractiveness? It's, it's unclear, but the comment comes off really... A it's... bit iffy in the moment. Yeah, it was the um, one thing that was squicking me out through for the rest of the yeah. episode. But like, it's, to to be clear, this is a show that is recorded in Japanese and then overdubbed in English. But the subtitles don't always match up one hundred percent with the English dub. I, which... I would say they match up a lot better than something like a Gretzko. And they do. Yeah, where you feel more like. The subtitles are, hey, this is the literal translation, and the dubs are, this is us matching the lip flaps. Yeah, the point being. It's unclear how much is in the translation and how much is in the original. Yes, very um, much so. And because it's being dubbed over, we're not even hearing the original line to hear, like, yeah. pronunciation intent, like, um, the tone of voice used or yeah, anything. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's, um, either way, it, it was um, a curious narrative choice, um, and I will certainly be cautious going forward with it. Yeah. But, like, plot-wise, I am fascinated yeah. by this world. Here's, here's the thing. Watching that first episode, I don't know how much of this is intentionally brilliant and how much of it is accidentally brilliant. Um, but I couldn't look away. <laughs> That's yeah. the thing. I was having a good time and yeah. I was like, this is weird. It's surreal. It's kind of stilted in places. It, it's it, magical in a really unusual way. Yeah, it's... 
yeah, it is it is a world unto its own, and I I really want to dive into it. Mm. It's it's got that kind of janky charm yes. of when when occasionally you're like this. Has the energy of something that was made on a shoestring budget. And it's, yeah, it's got low budget horror it's, vibes. It's got low budget horror vibes. But look vibes. what we can do in Blender now. Yeah, it's. It seems like a bunch of people had a had a weird idea and no one told them no. And I'm. I'm I mean, the whole the students having their laugh time. Oh yes. And then that being revisited later in the episode is just like. Ooh, okay, that's got a thing. Oh, we'll the, do du- laugh the, ducks, now. the ducks walking around the campus quacking <laughs> to be the sort of like, aha, it's the laughter analogue. Oh. I, we've only seen the first episode and I want to see more at the weekend, maybe. I want to see more. <laughs> it's it's a curious, curious watch. That it is. <laughs> what about you? Have you watched anything else this week? Um, I watched one other thing. I watched uh, Battlestar of the Galactica explained in eight minutes on the Space Doc channel on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Apparently, did not understand a lot of the overarching plot of that show. No? Yeah, like, within the first two minutes of that, I was going, I wait, what? <laughs> this show is about what? Uh, didn't Didn't get a lot of it. And now I really want to watch Battlestar Galactica again. I'm up for watching that with you. Well, um, yeah, that, that will be our next big thing then. Is this is this the next uh, binging of Star Trek we're going to do? Is we're going to Battlestar? I'm up for that. I'm up for that, I, I think. Really, I really remember enjoying Battlestar, even if apparently I didn't have a fucking clue what it was actually about. I mean, that's half the time stuff you watch years ago. You're like, oh, was that what that was? I mean, to be fair, my home situation was... Not uh, not great. Not 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 as uh, stable and manageable as it is now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There there were a uh, a lot more problematic factors involved. Mm-hmm. I was living with a person who was constantly on drugs. Um, yeah. Uh, so there was a lot to manage going on, and Battlestar was just like, okay, head down, focus on the thing. Don't think about too much about living situation or life in general. Hmm. Do you realise it's been nearly a decade since that came off the air? Time moves. And it doesn't it does stop. Move. It Apparently, doesn't stop doing doesn't that. It doesn't stop doing that. We are all time travellers, just only in one very specific direction. <laughs> uh, what about you? Got anything else? That's everything I've watched this week. Well then, time for this. Lorelai, we've got a new sponsor. Who's our new sponsor? Well, do you need something done? I do need something done. Some, some art stuff, maybe? Oh, you know, maybe some, some, some editing work. Some you know. art, some editing yeah. work that you could pay less than work, minimum wage for? Oh, that sounds that sounds affordable. Would you like to throw out a job to the lions and just watch them fight over it? Watch them fight over the scraps for the pennies they can get for work that's worth who, considerably more? Who can undercut each other the fastest just to make sure that they're the ones that gets to eat today? Oh, that sounds... Horrific. No, that sounds horrific. Then consider trying tenor. Ah, ah, I, I see. Yeah, it's basically, you, you for, for a ten quid, you can just send it out into the world. There are incredibly creative people. Who are uh, desperate for money. Desperate for money. Who's desperate, they want to know how they're going to be able to eat and sleep. And I think this is probably why the Tories are trying to kill off the arts. Yeah. There's just too many artists out there. Exactly. And they need to eat, and you've got a job that you don't want to pay minimum wage for, so... Perfect. Uh, mm. 
No, it's not. Again, perfect. I'm not comfortable with this sponsor. No, Where did we get we these bastards? All these bloody, what, what is with all these terrible just companies? Get nice sponsors. Terrible companies that exist. Can we just get sponsored by Sunshine next week? Get ten... The concept of sunlight. Get £10 off your first tenant. Wow, like oh. literally just don't pay them? Wow. Well, that's tenor.lol.net you won't be lolling at this one mm. and get uh, end of the code QMPS PS141 and get a tenor off a tenor so just, just hey, commission pay people, people on for their work there's, yeah there's people on, on Twitter you can yeah. commission them pay people their actual rates yeah pay people double their rates if you can afford it yeah and if you can't afford it maybe try and learn the skill yourself or just accept that you can't afford to do that thing <sighs> Inside the boardroom of Electronic Actor Softworks. Hi. 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 So, uh, that, that big budget game we got for the winner. Yeah. The, the big we, one. The big we, one. We, we've gone gold and I'm kind of sad. I know. So am I. Like, I have no one left to flog. Right? I mean, like, I, I, I crunched them so hard. It was really nice just watching just the hope drain from I, their eyes. I'm getting withdrawal. This yeah. is a problem. We, yeah. we, we, we've gone gold. The game is done. It's done. We promised yeah. everyone We promised no everyone it's done. No more delays. No more. It's all done. We, we yeah. you know, we did that extra bit of crunch to make sure we'd get it done on time. And I'm feeling really... Yeah. I'm feeling really disappointed at the fact I won't get to keep crunching them. Yeah, I mean, like, it's going to be at least a couple of years before we got anything else this close to... Yeah, because, like, that's the problem, is you it, you can't really crunch the uh, the warm-up period. It's once you've got all the yeah. bodies in there you yeah. can crunch. Yeah. So I've got an idea. Yeah. I, I vote we just delay the game a few weeks. Like, I know it's gone gold. I know it's finished. Right. But what if we just, like, make up some bullshit and it's like, oh, no, that, uh, that extra... That extra DLC area that could totally wait till after launch. No, it's got to be in there now. Crunch, crunch, crunch. Crunch, crunch, crunch. Yeah, I'm saying we push it back a few weeks and we just make them keep crunching. Because so, I'm not ready to let them stop crunching. I mean, I would rather not have Ex them stop crunching. Exactly. Some of them had holidays booked. <laughs> I know, right? I think some of them were planning to see family members. Some of them were planning, like, oh, the, ah. the crunch is over. There's the deadline. Ah, we can go enjoy our lives. Ah, that makes me the, miserable. It warms the void where my heart used to be. The, just to think of him just being like having to go home and tell a loved one that, you know, that, that time off I promised ah. when all this was done. You know yeah, that, that's not happening. You know yet. that holiday I booked to the Bahamas we were all going to go on? The one that's already paid for with our bonus. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's uh, prepaid and we can't cancel yeah. it. Yeah, you can all yeah. go. I have to stay and work in the office. Oh, that is beautiful. I know, right? That is, you are a fucking genius. I know. So, <gasps> what have you listened to on this week? Uh, I listened to a couple of new songs this <gasps> week. I'll tell you about them tell one me after about another. Your new songs. Uh, I listened to a track called Four to Six by Math the Band. Um, nice. It's it's very upbeat, fast-paced rock track. Um, lyrically pretty sparse. Um, it's got both a mask and a, a femme vocalist singing together at like a fraction of a second apart. So you get this nice sort of echo effect with the way that oh, they're nice. yeah, sort of harmonizing just just off time with each other in a way that sounds really good yeah. um it's got a really good punchy beat to it it's kind of got the energy of like a high a high energy anime opening mm -hmm. um there was a track that i quite enjoyed called i should spend more time with you 
by Rob Scallon and Mary Sp uh, Spender. A very gentle sort of plucked acoustic guitar track mm -hmm. about feeling really low and being like, hey, you know what might fix this? If I spent some more time with you, person who makes me feel better, I just got to slow it down and make more time to spend time with the person that makes me feel better when I spend time with them. Mm -hmm. Which is a big mood. Um, it's got a nice kazoo bit at the end of the track. Yay, kazoo. It's, it's got, it, it made me smile a lot when the kazoos came in. Kazoo. Kazoo. Um, I listened to a track called Chaotic Gender Neutral by Murder Person for Hire. Uh, yeah, I as I said, is this a D and D group or something? It, entirely possible. Um, it's it's one of those. Um, Spotify now just recommends me sort of punkish tracks about gender. Spotify has realised this is, is punk a and thing. queer. That'll do. Yeah. Um. So it's an acoustic guitar track played as if it like rock played on an acoustic guitar. That kind of like very aggressive playing yeah. of an acoustic. Um. About not wanting to have to answer questions constantly about your gentles to strangers and mm. not wanting to have to justify your identity to strangers mm -hmm. and uh, being perceived as looking too masculine for your identity. And eventually it gets very sort of like angry and punk by the end. And it's just like, hey, I just want to physically punch people in the face who keep asking me these fucking questions. Just fuck off or I'll hit you. Mm -hmm. And I mean, that's a mood. Everyone's been there. Just sort of fuck off or I want to fucking just punch you, you're, you're being a dick. Um, and I listened to, to a track called Obstacles by Hannah Tell, which is one of the gentle guitar tracks from Life is Strange. Life is Strange. Yeah, it's, you know in Life is Strange every now and then they do the, we're just going to show you nice gentle shots of things going past. And... Oh, you chose to sit on a bench? Well. Yeah, like, I think this is the first episode of Life is Strange when Chloe and Max are, like, in the pickup truck and it's just, like, the sun is setting and they're in the, mm. the driving the past junkyard. the sunset. Oh, no. yeah, yeah. yeah, sort of heading heading to Chloe's house, I mm -hmm. think, and it's just a really beautiful track that, like, the second I heard it, I was like, oh, this is Life is Strange, I know this one. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's a good one, and the the whole track is very good, which is often a thing you don't hear when you hear it in the in a video yeah. game. Yeah, you never it was know what you to expect. It was nice to hear the whole uh, un uh, the whole track. Mm -hmm. What about you? What did you listen to this week? I uh, listened. To, I finished listening to Stella Firma. Yeah, there still aren't new episodes of that up, but <laughs> I've now listened to all of it through all the way through again. It's um yeah, I definitely. So I, I don't know what happened with my last listen through. I think partly because I was listening to it as the episodes came out, but partly mm. because it had started to become a thing while I was doing other things. Mm. I hadn't followed quite as much of the plot as I probably should have done. Mm. So there was a lot more of like, oh, I didn't quite pick that up the first time I watched it. Oh, listen to it. Um, yeah, it's a fun show, and I really want to know where the fuck that plot is going. I have five episodes downloaded, and eventually I'll have a quiet enough week to start listening. It's a Rusty Quill thing. There's a meta-narrative, and they knew about it from the beginning. Yes, and that's why I'm not going to start until I can focus on it. Mm -hmm. But they're, they're very short episodes, which helps, I think. It makes it a lot more manageable. Um, I mean... How short are we talking? They're like 20 minutes. That's, that's alright. Um, like, once you skip through the adverts and stuff, and mm. the, the credits at the end, it's not that long at all. It's, um, there's like a few extra features. I don't know if they're publicly available or not, because I'm a Patreon supporter of them, so yeah. 
I have had things like David's Fat Corner and um, Trexel Geisman. Trexel Geisman's unarguable history of the world or history of the earth. And it's Trexel completely misunderstanding historical um, facts and then trying to explain them as somebody from the future where these are all even more historical and the earth has been destroyed. So there's not really anyone who can say that he's wrong. Hmm. Um, so the, that there was that. That's fun. And there is a new Scartoon Network track out. Um, they did um, Enemy Approaching by uh, Toby Fox. Oh, yeah, yeah. So it's, it's another good... They Because they, they did Megalovania a couple of weeks ago. So hmm. it's good to get some nice new Scar stuff. And, and I'm always up for a, a Toby Fox remix. Hmm. Hmm. Well then. Time for this. Right, right, there's, uh, there's meeting to order, 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 order. order. Quiet down in the order. back there. Order, order, Right, 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 right. So, uh, yes, there's a lot of issue this week, uh, poor people worrying about feeding their children. Oh, goodness, I don't see what the problem is. Exactly, exactly, like they say, they don't have any money, but, you know, just... probably spending it all on crack and cigarettes. Um, and... Just, just, uh, well, the solution right. seems simple, you just sell your assets to, with which to purchase food, you see. Exactly, exactly, you know, they, they say they can't afford, uh, can't afford food, well, they've probably got a, a mobile phone. Oh, I've probably got a television. Probably, probably got furniture. Ah, oh, I suppose they've probably got utensils for eating with. Yeah, yeah, I've probably got some silverware. Oh, silverware, yes. Yeah, yes, yes, yes. Uh, the fur coats, you probably do well, yes, only four or five fur coats. Probably only need four or five fur coats. I mean, my, 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 my wife wouldn't have put up with that. But... I know, but, yeah. but but she's not one of the poor people. Very much better than Yes, uh, you could just sell the, the pearls. I yeah. mean, the poor have abundant pearls. No, I mean, we we put them under pressure for so many years now, they must be shitting pearls by now. Oh. Oh, what about the family jewels? Sort of, they're usually just for display. You don't need well, them exactly. day to day. I mean, I'm sure that I've seen adverts for those cash for for gold things. They probably yes. take the family. Well, jewels. If cash for gold exists, there must be gold that they have to sell. Exactly. I mean, they should pr- probably sell off some of the war bonds they've got kicking around in the oh, attic. Maybe some of the shares they've invested. Well, uh, exactly. the, well inherited, probably. Well, probably. I mean, doesn't one usually inherit shares? <laughs> I mean, in, in a really dire situation, I suppose they could uh, they could sell off their second home. Well, yes, the country pile, I suppose, that would have to go. If, you know, worse comes to worse, if it's if it's that or... Uh, uh, what are, what or, are they? Or chips? Food. Yes, probably, yes. Probably, probably chips. They, they're not very healthy. Well, that or, 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 the, or the private island. I, I mean, private island. Probably sell off private, on the private island. Private island will probably feed them for... Uh, uh, what's a private island worth? Uh, two, two weeks? Probably. Oh, probably get a happy meal for that. Yes, yes, yes. 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 Well, I think we've sold child poverty. Uh, I think so. It's yeah. all food poverty in general. I yeah. Uh, well, well done, well done, well done. Uh, Another champagne and uh, some foie gras. Uh, oh. Oh. Hmm. Sorry, excuse me, I just need to uh, just get in there and do just uh, do that. Okay, um, well, that TV looks quite nice. Uh, Sorry, excuse me, I just need to uh, just get in and uh, change that. Oh, um, I guess I'll have a look over at Excuse these... me, sorry, I just need to just change that over here. Um, I'm sorry, what's what's going on? I keep looking at all these electronics and you, uh, you keep coming in and just putting the price up every few seconds. Uh, we've got to uh, put the prices, we got, we got prices to cor- correct. I mean, you're raising them all. What's what's going on? 
Why is Excuse everything? Me, just got to get in and uh, put this in your surprise. Then you just did another one. I. It, not nothing. Excuse me, I'm just going. Just <laughs> what, what are you doing? What, what's happening here? Wait, what, what? What's going on? You're putting all the prices up. Everything. Yeah, everything asking about the prices. The prices of everything are increasing right in front of my eyes. Why? Why are things getting more expensive? Uh, look over there. Excuse me, I just got to put this price up. You just did it again. I look. All right, it's, it's nearly Black Friday. Don't put the prices up, it won't look like we've reduced them. Oh. Capitalism. Capitalism. <laughs> da -da 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 -da. <laughs> question time, stuff for questions. What's the questions? Uh, Larry Ellingen we would like to ask. Uh, congratulations, you have a new cat. How long before they here have you and Laura trained? Uh, the second that they're there, we will have fallen under their spell. I, to a degree, I think it will be the first time that I have sat down and they have voluntarily come to me. <gasps> okay, yeah. That is yeah. the greatest moment. Yeah. They've, they've sniffed shoes, they've had a wander around the house. Yeah. They've gone, they've you look like a comfy place, I will settle. You have thick thighs, I will settle here. You are made of warm. <laughs> you are made of warm and soft. Hmm. Uh, and Turner <laughs> asks... <clears throat> Uh, you've done cosplay before, but which ones have been have you been proudest of, and which cosplays would you like to do in the future? Ooh. I've always been too anxious to do it, uh, but I've wanted to cosplay as Lara Croft and even my OC slash Persona Delta Starfire. Do it, do it, do it. Um, I was really proud of the uh, Diva from Overwatch cosplay that I did for a photo shoot once. Uh, mm. Had a cool prop gun. Yeah. Um, a really nice uh, bodysuit for it. You look very good in the bodysuit. Um, I very much like my Futaba from uh, Persona 5 Which with uh, the orange wig and the oh, glasses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that wig is great. That, the glasses are great. I just like the whole look. I look very cute. It looks like it's one of the more comfortable cosplays to wear all day. Oh, gosh, yeah. Um, honestly, a lot of my favourite ones are the comfy ones. Um, I think because you just have a better day in them. I mean, that here's the thing. Sometimes an uncomfortable costume will be the stunning one. Like... The full set of N7 Mass Effect armor that mm -hmm. I no longer have, but that was wonderful. I felt so powerful the whole day. Um, it's it's the feeling you get wearing like good biking leathers, where you're like, oh, I'm fucking invincible. Turned up to eleven. I was I was having a great time. <laughs> um, I also really loved the white Power Ranger um, yes. one that I did with the with the really good helmet on mm -hmm. it, and that, that. I imagine that's a difficult one to pee in. Oh, God, yeah. 100%. You you require assistance. Like, <laughs> before we go in, can you just, like, unzip me down, like, most of the way down my back, and then I'll come find you after you can zip me back in? Thanks. It's one of those. Um, like, oh, and can you pin my hood back to the top of my neck so that that fits? And, but I have never been stopped for photos more than I did in that costume. Yeah. Like, it was pretty constant. It was wonderful. Nice. Yeah, the the other one that l looks really great that I need to do again. I only had one chance before COVID hit was the um, the Detroit Become Human Kara one that oh, I did. Oh yeah, yeah, you look really like, good in that. Yeah, I really like that one. I love the little glowing LED I had on the mm -hmm. side of my head. It was real cool. That was a good prop. Yeah, so I've I've had some cool ones before. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I've cosplayed as uh, Lady Jim a few times. Yeah. Um, yeah. With the with the red tie and the short skirt mm -hmm. and the big stumpy boots and the top mm -hmm. hat. 
Yeah. Although now I would quite like to do the pink version of that. <gasps> yeah. Except I don't own skirts anymore because I, I gave them all to charity. Because <laughs> I was like, I never wear these. Yeah. You have pink hair now, so you could do, do the pink, pink hair. hair. So yeah. I, I, yeah, I could, I could be more pink. Yeah. Um. Well, I have pink hair for now. <gasps> I said I was going to change it once I ran out of hair dye, and I've nearly run out of hair dye. Oh, what you, what you thinking next? It's a secret. <gasps> Oh, I don't. Not even I get to know. You'll know, but they won't get to know. Oh, okay. We're recording, so. Oh, can you can you mouth it to me? Oh, that's gonna look. Oh, that's gonna look real good. Mm. Yeah, mm. I'm excited to see that. Mm. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> Hair colors. Yay! Colorful. Um. Also, I've cosplayed as uh, Laverne from Day of the Tentacle, disguised mm. as a tentacle. Yes. So wearing an American flag as a tentacle. It was fantastic. Uh, I had a lot of fun in that outfit. I would make some modifications before wearing it again. Yeah. My main problem with it is the type of material I used was uh, furniture fabric. Yeah. It is hot as fuck. Yes. Me? Yes. Not only that, it's made of furniture fabric and it's sprayed with um, a silicon waterproofing. Yes. Because I was like, I, I'm i taking this out. It's going to be potentially a bit wet out because it wasn't a particularly nice October yeah. day. Um, I was like, you know, I'll just give it a spray down so that I don't go transparent. Mm. Um, so yeah, I don't think that helped with the fact that the damn thing does oh. not breathe. Oh no, no, you you are in a heat tube. I am in a hot tube all day, and only one person worked out who I was, which yeah. was kind of disappointing. For yeah, an but that I spent, but that person weeks. really fucking enjoyed it. <laughs> they did. I got I got to, uh, second and everything. Here's the thing: sometimes you will do a costume and no one will get it, and you'll be like, "Yeah, but I get it. I get it. I, I feel it. cool." I even made a little purple tentacle backpack to yeah, go with it. Yeah, it was adorable. <laughs> it's adorable. It's a shame that the zip needs fixing on it. <laughs> Airbrand, Rent the Flesh the Hulls, asks, uh, shows you wish had more than one season and one that I had less. Hmm. I wish that Lost had fewer seasons. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of shows I can name that I wish yeah. I had less. Yeah, I wish I wish uh, Heroes had been a single season show. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, what I wish that? that Red Dwarf had stopped around season five. Yeah, what things? Because here's the thing: I can name stuff I wish got more seasons, but stuff that only got one season that I wanted to get more seasons. I, I mean, especially there has been so many times where I thought this was a great show, and the more it's gone on, they've stretched it, and the the jokes yeah. have got thinner. And oh, they ended up having that one transphobic episode because they ran out of jokes yeah. and had to start punching down. Yeah. Like, there's been a lot of that. Like, I couldn't... If, I honestly don't think I can think of a show where I've gone, that needs more. Like, okay. even if, shows I really loved, like Steven Universe, yeah. I if, don't want more If we're not limited to shows that only got one season, if we can have shows that had two seasons and I wish I had more, mm -hmm. the one that comes to mind is Dirk Gently's De Holistic Detective oh, Agency. Yeah, okay. That's the one, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a really good show. Like and It was wholesome. It, it, and wasn't, it, it, it wasn't by no means Dirk Gently's, um, like any of the Dirk Gently books. But it captured that feeling and that um, like Adams esque storytelling yeah. in a fun way that I really enjoyed. It was just wholesome, fun. You don't have to think about it too much. High, high eccentric character energy. Yeah, yeah. And you could just kind of get swept along on a really nice little adventure. Yeah, and for all the people who were like, it's too American. It really captured that. British British eccentricity humour stuff. Yeah. Really well, I felt. Yeah, agreed. Um, and in a way that wasn't like necessarily harmful yeah. to others. And like, 
that the end of season two set up some really cool stuff I wanted to see. Yeah, yeah fuck you, Netflix. Yeah. Fuck you, cancelling shows after their second seasons. Especially the queer ones. Yeah. Mm. That's fine. Eventually, uh, One Day at a Time's coming back, just on a different network. Yeah. Uh, Chris Larmouth asks, a spoopy question for spoopy week. If you were a ghost, what would be your preferred method of haunting? Mine would be standing at the foot of the bed like every good sleep paralysis demon. Mmm. Mmm. I would be the nice kind of haunting, where I would... uh, Take that thing you'd forgotten to put where you normally put it, and I'd just sort of poltergeist it towards where you normally leave it. I'd put it in Aww. the place where you always have it. Aww, yours is so wholesome. Yeah, what's yours? I would find old Tories and I'd sit on their chests in their sleep, <laughs> and I would just stare them in the face. <laughs> and they would wake up with this huge weight on them to their chest, convinced they're having a heart attack. I mean, I like yours too. Feed children. Can we be? The, can we children. be the two halves of the double act? Yeah, we're like we hang out on Fridays. Yeah. You scare the Tories, and I like help the people. The... Help, help the easily confused people. Yeah. Oh, what's that thing you're looking for? I don't yeah. Ooh, is the TV remote you were looking for? Oh, you're spooping it. I thought you were just gonna like. No, no, I'm. Them. I'm not saying that. I'm just. I'm. It's. It's suddenly where they need it to be. Yeah, I'd throw it at their head. No. <laughs> Take, no Tory. Only to. Oh, only I get the Tories. Tories. I get the yeah. Tories. I'm only second Tories in fashion. Sorry, I got swept up in my own my own story there. Uh, Richie asks. I've seen uh, many people use the fire, the garbage fire metaphor for 2020. What unique and personal metaphor would you give this year? Well, I mean, it's got to be a game of pandemic where you keep getting like, oh no, epidemic caused epidemic caused epidemic caused epidemic. Oh no, it's pan- pandemic legacy. Oh no, all the epidemics. Oops, all epidemics. Oops, all epidemics. Uh, yeah, it's like where the player deck is nothing but epidemics constantly. Yeah. Um, but also the like the some of the epidemics of fascism. Mm-hmm. I Oops. set the bleak alarm off again. It's it's a box of of, of uh, Captain Crunch Crunch Berries, but instead it says, "Oops, all fascism." It's it's a packet of of, of chocolate covered peanuts, but it's all rabbit poo. Sure. Patrixilence uh, says, "What's your favourite Dark Souls boss and why?" Okay. So the, I'm I'm gonna say a Bloodborne one. It's under the Dark Souls umbrella. It's the one that comes to mind for me. I I love Rom the Vacuous Spider. Aww. It's just a huge fucking. It's just a huge blob that farts out spiders, and that's all it is. It's just a big. I mean, just who a, doesn't these Just a big blob that farts out spiders, and I like. I like that it's not fancy, like, all the other Dark Souls bosses are like, ah, I'm this big grandiose thing of legend, and uh, I've got all these swords and blades, and I flip around the room, and I'm huge. And this was just, I'm just a blob that farts spiders at you. <laughs> I'm making <them> <laughs> sorry about that. It, Dark Souls itself, what's the one that's jumping to mind? Um, it's another spider one. I've completely <laughs> forgotten... Uh, Nexus Spider. I've completely forgotten the I've completely forgotten the boss's name. It's the one where it's a naked woman's torso from the waist up, but the bottom half is just a giant spider and it's on fire. Spider Karen. Um quick quick oh Chaos Chaos Witch Quelag. I think it's Chaos Witch Quelag. She's yeah, just, yeah, she's just a lady where like at the torso she stops being a lady and she's a huge spider. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, sure. Hi, hi, hi. Yeah. There you go. Chaos Witch Quelag. Uh, I've never got to a boss in any of the Soulsborne games, um, but I believe there's one that's a big angry tree, so I'll probably go with that. There is one that's a big angry tree. Yeah, I don't know games. Yeah. Oh god, Demon Souls remake is real soon. 
Good luck. Ah. Hey, you like from software games? Yeah, you? I'm probably gonna stream it. Mm. Uh, Misty Pony. Oh, Misty Pony. Uh, what's your favourite type of extinct food stuff? Mm. Mm. Have you have you got one that comes to mind? No. Um, not one that's is extinct per se, but one that is dead to me because it's not vegan. Um, I used to fucking love Weetos. Oh, Weetos. I used to fucking love Weetos. Like, I would take a box of Weetos to the cinema and just have those instead of popcorn. Like, dry. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah I once got very, very inebriated and sat topless in a hallway uh, with a, a yo-yo that I'd cut the string off and I was just threading Weetos onto the string singing, I am the Weeto Queen. <laughs> <laughs> you were the Weeto Queen. It was the Weeto Queen. I kept that necklace for fucking ages. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, gosh. I'm sure there are more, and I can't think of them. The only one that I can think of, and my brain won't think of anything else, so I'm just going to get it out there, was the weirdly coloured ketchups that existed at oh, one point yeah. in time. Green ketchup was a thing once, yeah. and... I swear it tasted different, and I can't... Probably had a slightly different flavour. Yeah, and here's the thing. It's so long ago now, I can't quantify in what way it tasted different. Yeah. But it existed, and I have fond memories of it, and it no longer existed. Mm-hmm. Bring bring back neon green ketchup. There was something my mum used to eat a lot when I was a kid, and then as soon as she knew that I wanted to eat it as well, she'd stopped having it in the house, or stopped publicly having it anywhere in the yeah. house. Um, they were like uh, bran biscuits, like flat dry bran biscuits, Yeah. Um, with apricot fromage fray just smeared on top. That sounds really good. I haven't seen those biscuits anywhere for decades. I don't even know what you'd call those. But they were like really branny and malty and like... Had like a, a solid biscuit crunch, but just oh. a, li- a little bit of like chew to them. Like they would bend when you put them in your mouth and oh. just like bit them off slightly. And then on top of that, with the sweetness of the, the apricot uh, fromage fray, just like, ah. again, even if it was available, couldn't eat it now. No. Damn you. But, oh, that's a good answer. Mm. We require more questions. Question us. Uh, Alice the Gayest Dungeon uh, Owl asks, how to cook a Tory? Slow cooker. Yeah, yeah, um, because they're 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 uh, they're generally sort of fat cat types. Yeah, they tend to be older, so you've got to risk that they're going to be stringy. If you cook them really really slow, that fat's just going to melt right in, and that's going to really help soften everything up. So it'll just drop off yeah. the bone. Also, if you want to just like drop them straight in that slow cooker without you know like killing them first, head like... head off or organs out. Got to be yeah. Ah, no, I was going to say just stick them straight in there so that they're going to go nice and... They're going to have a slow death. Yeah, but you don't want shit in your in your. No, you don't. Dinner. No, no. And also you don't want offal because eating people offal is how you get, uh, well, uh, human forms of uh, choice for Jacob's disease. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Avoid you... the spongy brain. No prey on diseases. Indeed. Uh, Becky Tuhill... Ask. Hi, Becky. Love you. Hi, Becky. Love you. Uh, she says, "What game do you wish you'd made?" Also, I love yous. I love you. I love yous. One of the ones that, like, you you look at and go, "Oh, the developer who made that was like real smart." What's what's like a pretentiousy game that you could be like, "Ah, oh, yes, I am the smarty pants who made this one." The Stanley Parable. He gets mm. some gets some brownie points for being like, "Oh, yes, I made that." Let's see. Oh, I was so self-aware and referential. Ooh. Probably something like Cat Quest, because it feels like the idea that I really would have had. Yeah. Um, 
or antechamber. Again, feels like a very okay, mean yeah. thing. I could see you. Code. I could see you making an antechamber type thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Future Fishy asks if you have if you could have Hal's Moving Castle style magic door, i.e., a doorway in your house that you could open to four different places in the world. Where would you pick? You you got any answers? It's hard to think about in this year. It is very hard to think about in this year because, like, I, I wouldn't be able to go through at least one of them. Yeah. Because I'd definitely pick one to Becky. Yeah. Um, I think the other ones would be, like, I'd want to go to, like, somewhere heavily wooded. Yeah. Like a, just, like, a, a nice forest somewhere. Yeah. And just be able to just step out into the middle of nowhere as far from people as possible. And just yeah. enjoy the distance and space there. I, I feel like one would have to be Becky's. One would have to be just a nice nature place. Oh, I'd go um, for multiple nature places, I think, after that. Well, we need... It's what, we get four places. We get four places. I'd like one of mine, I think, to be um, Philadelphia. So I could go... I could go... I could go see Jim and... Jim and Comrade. <laughs> I could go do Podquisition in person with them. I'd be like, hello, friends. Do Podquisition. Yeah. Well, two of them. <laughs> 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 it would be nice to see you. It'd be nice to be. But also, at that point, do we do we have to show passports to go to that door? Nah, it's <laughs> fine. Nah, we don't want America having any record that we're there. See, that's the thing. We could go see <laughs> we know them. how they treat trans people over there. We we could go there without having to deal with American customs. Yeah, some somewhere to escape if if fascism fully takes over the UK. I guess just have a daughter like New Zealand or somewhere. Yeah, I think New Zealand because that covers uh, like my other thoughts, would, yeah. which would have been like somewhere like with uh, nice uh, like nice valley views from big hills. Yeah, except That's... we can't have the daughter New Zealand because we we'd bring potential COVID risk. They're they're doing really well. We can't make a doorway there. What if we just move there? What if yeah. we move the door to there? <laughs> and and we, we visited uh, Becky and Philadelphia and we picked like another place that like in what down the shops or something. <laughs> Becky, Philadelphia, New Zealand, down the shops. <laughs> just convenience. Yeah. Um yeah, my, I think my other place would have been somewhere like the Lake District. Aww. I've never been I'd always I've always been told it's very pretty and I would like to, you know, yeah. go and see some nice trees. In that vein, Canada. I've always wanted to go. Aww. I've never had a chance to go. It'd be really nice to have a daughter like uh, Edmonton or Toronto or somewhere. Yeah, I've always wanted to go and have a look at Canada, although they do have bears. Well, I mean, we'd have to go to the bits with the bears. But that's the pretty bits. I know. Well, we got to those bits. We like, you know, in the safe bits of the pretty bits. On the train. Yeah. On the train, doing the big train across yeah. the country. Look out! The pretty bits out the window. Yeah. <gasps> One day. One day. One day. Someone out there in internet land fund us being able to go on a train across Canada. <laughs> please, I want to Canada. Oh, <laughs> I wish to, to Canada. One Canada, please, and and also just the time off in in order to do that. Oh, such a thing. Yeah. Can you imagine it. Can you oh. Imagine it. Oh. Uh, <laughs> Tricky asks, "How long has your hat been a live raccoon?" That's my for me to know, and you to never find out. <laughs> I will stay away from all your hats. Especially the one that's a raccoon. <laughs> one of my hats is a raccoon. <laughs> I'm assuming this is a reference to Lumberjanes where Molly's hat is um, a raccoon. I would assume so. Hmm. Basin asks, feel free to skip this question if you feel if you have to explain this a thousand times. How would you describe the difference between bisexuality and pansexuality? 
Uh, friend of mine is bisexual and has asked if we can at some point do one of those I'm a PC, I'm a Mac style things yeah. to explain this. Um, um, my simple explanation of it is that um, bisexuality is being attracted to people of more than one type of gender. Yeah. And pansexuality is being attracted to people regardless of gender. Yes. There's a lot of overlap. There are, yeah, yeah, there are a lot of people who would say, well, bisexuality is how you describe pansexuality as well. Yeah. There's there's a lot of overlap and there's a lot of, like, which definition feels right for you. Um, I, I've thought about this a lot. I don't know which of those terms I feel like feels right for me. And I go back and forth a lot. Um... Like, for That's me... That's not true. You mostly say gay. Well, okay. <laughs> I, here's the thing. I mostly say gay because I, I I am attracted to women with, like, six men that are <laughs> exceptions. Like, like jo- joking aside, I am occasionally attracted to men. It's a lot less commonly than women. So, like, oh, yeah. I will tend to say gay is just, like, a shorthand or I'll say lesbian because, honestly, that usually is, like, 90% of the time where I'm at. But mm-hmm. when, I, when I think about bi versus pan, which are probably... One of them's probably more accurate than what I actually say. Mm-hmm. I tend to lean towards bi because I don't necessarily know that I'm attracted to people regardless of gender because I clearly have... I clearly have preferences. I clean. I clearly lean a lot more towards um, femme. I cl- lean a lot more towards women. There are exceptions. There are, you know, I, I, I am attracted to some men. I have been attracted to cis men and trans men. I've been attracted to people of varying genders. But it's. I don't know if it's regardless of gender because gender definitely seems to skew the percentage odds that I'll be attracted to you. I think. I. I have types in in various gender yeah. ranges um but i don't it's never the gender that i'm no, but, attracted yeah. to like if i'm attracted to someone i'm attracted to them yeah and I, like w- whatever i find out that they uh, are or or yeah. identify as or or how they explain themselves to the world yeah. doesn't really matter to me yeah i don't care what the junk looks like See, I agree with you in that regard, and again, this is although why... if it's penis not too big, please, I can't manage. Yeah, that. and see, this is this is why it's an it's an if it's an awkward distinction. I I I always back and forth on where I I land yeah. on it because like yeah, I agree with you. I you know when I if I'm ever attracted to someone, it's not because of their gender. Yeah, but equally nice. like <laughs> like I know the fact that a lot of the time I will go mm, mm, man mm, my brain my brain is scared of you because man. Ma- man do scary. I mean, and like I think that's know. a case of what you've experienced in life. Yeah, but like that's the thing. Like it I has have taught you to be cautious. It has, and that's the thing. Is it's like I know that I often find men less attractive because I'm like you. You might be physically attractive, but also my brain goes, mm, "Man, stay away." Yeah, um, and I, I think the other thing is sort of growing up surrounded by men who assumed I was one of them for a lot of the time. Oh god, yes, aim. I have a lot more of those cases of, uh, like, you know I told you that story about that woman that kissed me at a Halloween party a few years ago. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it took me a little while to work out exactly what happened there, and I realised that she looked almost the spitting image of my ex-wife. Yeah. Really lovely person, really like her a lot, would love to hang out more, and and, and stuff. Felt really awkward being kissed. Yeah. Although consent probably would have been a smart move before before just moving in and kissing full yeah. stop. But yeah, like I it's never bothered me that someone says I am a man or I am no. I am a woman or I am gender fluid. No, exactly. But equally like I know that there is something that like there is there is 
associations I have with men that often mean that I find, like, you might be physically attractive, but there's a bit of my brain that's oh, yeah. like, I am not attracted to the I- the idea of you as a person. Or vice versa. I am yeah. attracted to the idea of you, but please don't open your mouth. Because yes. I feel that bigotry is about to spit yeah, out. That's, that's the thing. Most of the time, my response to men is, oh, you're hot. Don't talk to me. <laughs> it's it, I, I find m- less that, more a... Um, I am more predisposed to be yeah. afraid of a man. Not yeah. necessarily even and, afraid, but very much more wary and on my guard of a man. And, and that's the thing. I don't know how to unpick how much of that is I'm not finding you attractive versus I'm having a, a safety response from yeah. past experience. Yeah. But like... Yeah, that's the thing. I don't know how, whether I would say that I am attracted to people of multiple genders or regardless of gender, mm-hmm. but like, it's whichever one feels right to you. Mm-hmm. There, there, there's large amounts of overlap, and no one's going to judge you for which one works for you. Yeah, we strayed far from the question into the right. I think we 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 got in a roundabout way to it. I, th- I think it was I think I think it was important to to answer it the way we did. But yeah, yeah like. I, I think uh, either of those labels, however you choose to define them, that is the way I define them, and um, yeah. a few people I know define it themselves. Yeah. I Even with those definitions, I go back and forth on which one feels right, and I think that's a big part of why I keep using just defaulting to gay, because I'm like, that's an easy answer. Yeah. I, I don't know the answer to this complicated question yet, which is why I don't use the answer very often. That's why I use queer a lot. Yeah. Doesn't Please. matter, don't really know. Yeah. But if I find someone attractive, I will probably very find them attractive. Yeah. I have found people of many genders attractive and will yeah. continue to do so. And, and usually as soon as I find out they have even any form of bigotry or, or hate in them, I will suddenly find them a lot less attractive. Yeah. Like, physically. Yes. I will, I will see things in them I never saw before. Indeed. Samuel West asks... Is the lucky feat allowed in D and D campaigns you play? Is what sorry the lucky feat? Do you know this? What is the lucky feat? Um, so basically, it is a once per long rest use of. Hey, you roll really badly. Do you want to use one of your three luck points? Oh. So you have a, a luck point, and you can just uh, also success. Ah, oh, at the last moment, something could happen. I've never played a game where anyone's like proposed it as their their trait. No. I, I think a lot of people realise that having bad stuff happen in D&D can be as much fun as yeah. doing well. So, I've never used that in D&D, but I did make a homebrew game once that had a similar mechanic. Yeah. I ran this with a group of friends at MCM at Comic-Con one year. We did a little sports anime one-shot. Oh, heck. And the way that I, I contextualised it there was um, anime points. Where uh. once once per game, each person could spend an anime point, and it was okay. You're gonna get an auto success, but you have to describe the big like this is the slow the slow motion. You're having your big anime moment. All the like they paid the extra art budget for this moment. Mm-hmm. What do you do? Explain spend to me your protagonist yeah, points. Spend your protagonist point to explain how you turn this failure into a success in a dramatic fashion. This doesn't have to make sense. Just make it dramatic. Mm-hmm. And like that was ba- basically the same mechanic. It was. Yeah. Turn one failure into success, reflavored. I think, uh, as I said, no, I've never been in a game where anyone's yeah. proposed that they or run a game where someone's proposed that they want to use that. Yeah, I might be a bit wary, and I might reflavor it as instead of once per long rest. Mm. But when I give you inspiration, you you can have like one of your luck points back. Yeah, up to a maximum of three. I here's the thing. 
I I haven't used it myself, and again, because like a lot of what I do D&D-wise is podcast D&D, yeah. and trying to do narrative storytelling stuff, and yeah. it's less about succeeding, and it's more about like, hey, if a failure happens, roll with it and let that be part oh. of the story, and I... Plus as, a podcast, the yeah. rule of cool is way more important yeah. than anything else. It's, it's often more interesting to let the bad thing play out, as much as it might hurt in the moment and go, oh fuck, I fucked up. Yeah. It's usually more interesting to see what that leads to. Oh yeah, 100%. That is all the questions. Well then. Time for this. Time for this. Do you know what I want to see more of? What do you want to see more of? Brochure Justice Warriors. Brochure Justice Warriors? Yeah. Alright, Barry. Alright, Barry. How you doing? Yeah, well, it's hard, mate. This whole changing of my circadian rhythm's not really agreeing with me. Yeah, same, same, same. The, the uh, clock's changing has really thrown me. Yeah, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's gonna be a while me. before I adjust. Yeah, definitely, definitely. It's, uh, my body is not ready. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I've been, uh, feeling a bit grim about the news again this week. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's been it's all been that. Yeah, there's been all that stuff about um, meals for school kids being cancelled. Yeah, you know why? Uh, why? Why? Why feed children when instead we could just yeah. be giving billions of pounds to our mates? Yeah, and it's all snowballed into a wider discussion of uh, you know support for food poverty for children. It's been a really depressing rise in politicians basically treating the issue like, well, the parents should be better. They should, you know, manage their money better or, you know, not be drug addicts or whatever they're going to imply. Yeah, and we've seen this yeah. rise in, in bland Tory meal plans. That they oh, yeah. It's, it's a Tory when, oh, you can microwave a potato quite cheaply, therefore food poverty doesn't exist. Because... Oh, is that the same one that's talked about selling pearls? Oh, yeah, the one that suggests you sell your pearls to make money. Oh, yes, the abundant yes. pearls the poor have. Yes, and, you know... I think I think the thing that this all boils down to is children should not be le- no one should be left to starve but particularly no. children should not be left to starve and any situation where you're coming up with an excuse to not feed starving children is a terrible thing. I, it feels like a continuation of the Tories' plans to cull the poor. Exactly, I'll be it one hundred percent is. It's like. Look, you look at some of their, like, you know, biggest imagined situations of, like, oh, it's because the parents are spending the money on drugs or whatnot. Okay, what does that matter? That child should still, you know, even if you think that that parent has done a sin and that they are at fault, that child does not deserve to starve. Exactly. There is no situation in which any actions from a parent would justify their child not having food. Exactly. I mean, it's just... Compassion for people. Basic, basic human compassion is apparently in short supply. Yeah, I mean, everyone should be entitled to some food, clean water, somewhere safe to sleep. Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Exactly. You need, like, as a step, we are, as a species, far enough along that every single one of us should be supplied with those things. The problem yeah. is the greed of capitalism. Oh, yeah. The, the fact that people in charge who are making hundreds of thousands a year say no. Millions even. Yeah, millions a year say no. That poor child cannot have a safe place to sleep and the basic nutrition they need to survive. Because I want more numbers on my high score, sorry, bank account. <sighs> it, is, it is greed that is killing the poor. The rich are, are are parasites. Parasites, and there are 
there is untold suffering that exists because rich people want to be richer than they already than the unspendable amounts of worth they already have. Yeah, the point is though they're never they're never spending it. That money's yeah. not going back into any kind of circulation. It is simply that they seem to be trying to keep a high school. Exactly. Like, they uh, talk about leveling up. There's, there's this great um, example I've heard uh, talked about before about the mobility of money. Um, yeah. Like ten a ten pound note is worth infinitely more. Um, it's far more valuable to the economy given to a poorer working class person than it is put in the bank account of your J- Jeff Bezos or whatever. No, because it just gets tossed yeah, on the pile. It gets tossed on the pile. Whereas if a, a £10 note given to a poor person will, you know, they might spend it on food at the supermarket, which, you know, then it'll get paid as wages to that person who will spend it on a taxi home and the taxi driver will spend it on... The, like, you want that same piece of money to circulate because then multiple goods and services are being exchanged. Exactly. It, that's what money is intended to be for is... The economy really only works when people yeah. actually spend money. Yeah. Money is intended to be, here is a promise of future services that we've agreed it as a standard value. If if we use it, everyone does things for each other and, and people help each other and everyone is good. And besides, we, there have been studies done where they have given money to like poor and homeless people... Yeah. And uh, like significant amounts of money, and overall it has saved that council money or that yeah. area money, and that it has done you know huge uh, life changing yeah. things to that person. Studies have shown that best thing you can do for a homeless person to get their life on track is to just give them a home. Because yeah. if you give them a home, that gets them on the stable starting ground they need to get a job and to get back into the uh, system that they could not do while they were homeless. Yeah, absolutely. It has been shown that. The best thing you can do for, say, uh, someone who's a drug addict is give them a home and some stability and their hierarchy of needs met, and suddenly a lot of the problem goes away. Yeah. You know, people stop, you know... uh, Give people their hierarchy of needs and things vastly improve. It is cheaper to give people their hierarchy of needs than to spend money punishing them after the fact. Absolutely, and... like uh, other studies have shown, like in actual cases, not like some ridiculous yeah. whataboutism, in actual cases there is far less people scrounging and and taking what they what they yeah. don't deserve or they don't actually need, compared to the people who are actually being hurt every time yeah. they try and crack down on this kind look, of thing. Look at countries where universal basic income exists. Um, the vast, vast, vast majority of people continue working even with universal basic income, because people want to contribute. They want to be a part of the system. Most people do not just want to cheat the system. We need a a universal basic income. We need to make sure that people have their basic needs met. And, you know, and then we can stop bitching about whether or not Fatima wants to be a dancer. Not her real name, by the way. No, not happy to be in that photo. No. To be used in that way. No. Like the arts are incredibly important, but that sh- that shouldn't be the case. That the only people who get to be involved in the arts are the kids of rich people. Yeah, uh, it seems like that's what they want. They are attempting to cull the poor, and until they people wake up and see this and fight back against it, this is going to keep happening. As long as working class people are voting Tory, yeah, it's going to keep happening. Who's uh, mate? Birchalog. Sorry, got a bit ranty this week. No, no, no. It needs to happen sometimes. Yeah, yeah. A little angry at the world right now. Yeah. 
<sighs> right. I need a nap. Same. Same. Have a good evening. You too, mate. You too. Well, too. So, <gasps> Laura. Yeah? Where can we find you on the internet, darling? Laura K. Buzz pretty much everywhere. Twitter. Twitch. YouTube. Patreon. That's the one that pays the bills. Patreon.com slash Laura K. Buzz. LauraKBuzz.com. Absolutely everything ends up getting posted there, be it written articles, freelance features, videos, podcasts, all that stuff. I Twitch stream Mondays, Wednesdays and Fridays at 10pm UK, 5pm Eastern, 2pm Pacific. Um, every Friday on YouTube I upload episodes of Accessibility, which is a show about accessibility and representation in the games industry. Um, unless, like, this week that's just happened, it goes up earlier in the week because Ooh. an NDA happened. NDA. So, usually it's Fridays unless an NDA forces it to be a different day. Um, other than that, I've got books. Uncomfortable Labels. It's about being gay and trans and on the autism spectrum and how that's a really common overlap that has a bunch of things that intersect with it. It's out now where books are sold, or as an audiobook on laurakbuzzstore.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is Things I Learned from Mario's Butt, which is a silly and serious illustrated coffee table book of video game character butt reviews. And it's nearly here. Yeah. Um, as we record this, I, I've had an email being like, so we need to sort out arrangements for when you're going to sign all these books, which I think means there are books ready to be signed. Hopefully you're all going to have them before Christmas is the plan. Um... That's that's coming out on February 4th, 2021, uh, or sooner if you ordered it on Unbound. Uh, there is also Gender Euphoria, which is an anthology of non-cis people's positive gender-affirming nice stories. Yeah. That's coming out on June 10th, I believe, 2021. Um, other than that, there's podcasts. Pixel Squirt, which is about video game character pornography. Uh, Podquisition, where we tell you whether your favourite video games are great or perfect. Dice Funk, which is a Dungeons and Dragons podcast. Uh, every season's a self-contained story. I'm on seasons three, four, five, six, and seven. And I do a podcast with you, Jane, that isn't this one. The Polyarmory. Yeah, tell us about the Polyarmory. It's a fifth edition real play podcast with questionable morals. Um, we have recently got you, uh, you've joined a, a chip cult. <laughs> I understand. Yes. And, <laughs> uh, yeah, so the last episode of that went up last weekend. So you can hear up all the exciting things about what's going on there. Yeah, there's 30 episodes up, including the first season now, Ooh. if you want to listen to that. If you don't want to listen to the first season, skip straight ahead. We've done like a recap episode. And uh, yeah, we are, recording-wise, we're about six months ahead, nearly a year ahead, possibly. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, there is plenty more of that to come. And uh, recording-wise, we're nearly at the end of the story. Um, I also do uh, review stuff, mainly board games at the moment. I have recently reviewed Seven Wonders Duel, and I'm about to have a something go up for Sushi Go Party. Very exciting, adorable game about playing little sushi things and collect, collecting sets and such. It's a game I just want to hug. Uh, that's over on stonemonkeyradio.blog. Uh, I also have a SoundCloud where we you probably listening to this now. And uh, I do some streaming on twitch.tv slash janeiac. That's J-A-N-E-I-A-C. That's on Thursday nights. Uh, we're currently playing through uh, The Beast Within, a Gabriel Knight story. Um, or Gabriel Knight mystery. Uh, all of my links can be found at streamerlinks.com slash janeiac. That's J-A-N-E-I-A-C. Uh, I've got t-shirts as well. They're on my red bubble. That's all of my streamer links. Don't worry about it. It's all of the things Laura sings out. Please, darling. Until next time, be a stranger.
do 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 do